Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, on AM 1600, KIVA, BQ.FM, Rock of Talk.com. 550, here on this Friday afternoon. It's hot, hot everywhere, particularly where I'm at. I continue to be in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, here this afternoon, and glad to be here with you. You can find us directly on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible if you want a podcast. And, of course, our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. And uh, uh, out here for a radio conference, which has been pretty cool. I had the opportunity to meet uh, both the CEO of uh, CBS as well as the head of ABC Networks. And, uh, you know, those are the, are the evildoers, the bad guys. Well, they have a whole different kind of message that's going out there different than the one that we put at the top of the hour, but at least it doesn't include, uh, I guess, Wayne Allen Root's promotion of his podcast, uh, which seems to be incessant uh, on our airwaves. I don't know if he pays for that, but he should, given how much plug that that guy gets. He gets more plug on our radio station than uh, D-Dowd Musco's Rock of Talk chat here for a Friday afternoon. D-Dowd, how are you? Hour one, a little fun here for our Friday, including the Espa blot, or don't stay don't forget, stay tuned for hour three. That's going to be fun. Uh, Dowd, how are you? Uh, quite well. Uh, fun Friday. Uh, some good medical news from uh, one of my parents today. Uh, good, good, good report came back over a minor scare. So we're uh, very, very grateful for that. And uh, looking forward to a hot but relaxing weekend. <laughs> good. Well, I think, you know, everyone's gone through a minor scare as of late. It seems that the news is trying to scare you. Certainly everybody that can do anything to tell you that, hey, you're going to get the Rona if you don't take this. And, you know, this mass vaccine and stuff, it, it persists here in this country. And uh, sorry to say, we have been proven right. I'm not sorry to say, actually. Uh, all you had to do was listen to us and you'd stay out of that. And I literally had a guy look at me incredulously from a different part of the country. And he's not woke, a Republican. He's been vaxxed and uh, triple boosted. I guess is what you can say. I mean, there's got to be some acronyms that people walk around, you know, 1V3B or, you know, something like that where people say their current status or what you are, like, oh, my gosh, you've done it all. Good for you. You really care about other people's health. But he was absolutely beside himself because he said, I don't worry about the coronavirus. I don't worry about getting infected. These are not things that I have ever cared about. I said, he's like, how did you make up your mind? I said, well, we followed the data. We didn't follow the science. We followed the results. Uh, we visit with a doctor every single week. We understand that all immunity is good, especially natural immunity. Uh, one of the things that we were after was herd immunity because uh, your uh, nervous system and your immunity system are the two best things that can battle these diseases. Um, right side, see, smell, of course, you're aware, and then you know how to take care of yourself if you are aware. And then your immunity, I mean, if you build that thing up and take good care of yourself between hydrating fluids, uh, oregano oil, OSHA, and all the various other components that you do, then you just can't go wrong. And he just could not believe it. And uh, he himself is worried about getting the corona, and he is boosted three times and vaccinated once. So, you know, the scare is there for all of us. Don't believe the hype. That's exactly what it is. But your president, boy, despite being double boosted and vaxxed, 
he is now infected with the coronavirus. And um, I think it's going to be a long wayward demise over the next two to three months as his health increasingly comes into focus, both from a mental and physical standpoint. I think we addressed that yesterday during the outset of our show. Dowd has recorded his prediction, my prediction, uh, in his uh, little book that keeps tabs on the things that I say and uh, calling BS whenever he possibly can on my predictions. But I also want to address something sort of at the outset. uh, A few of my advertisers have received phone calls, um, one in particular, and, you know, he gets a huge response. And he has gained a lot of uh, various uh, of his business growth from, you know, advertising our little puny, tiny radio station. What are you talking about? Second most powerful AM dial. People pay attention to what we say here. What we say matters. Um, you know, we are participates, uh, participants. You know, we participate in civics. Uh, Dowd attends meetings. I run for offices, uh, party chair, CD1, all that kind of stuff. Uh, when it comes to knowing what's going on in the parties and what's going on, what's going on in politics, does anybody know better than we do? Certainly not, not us. But they had the galls and the audacity, if you will. I like it when people sort of say, oh, he had the audacity. I'm like, do you know what that word means? No, but they like the way it sounds. So certainly like the way you said, but he had the audacity to go ahead and ask the question, what are you going to do when Eddie Aragon sells the station? Dowd, I ask you right now, have I at all stated at any point that you can recall, you know, much like Joe Biden saying, oh, I have cancer that Eddie Aragon or I've stated where I'm going to sell the radio station to your knowledge? Uh, I am unawares, as they say in Chicago. Uh, I am unawares of any such prospect. I've heard nothing of it in the over two years I've been uh, in the orbit here. So here we go. Again, this no doubt is coming from our competitors. Um, They are, of course, very, very envious of our positions and what we do. And uh, they plant little seeds with our advertisers and the people who participate with our advertisers. And uh, they like to say that, uh, uh, as they oftentimes have quoted, rumors of my demise have been much exaggerated. Certainly uh, that as well. I don't think that we have been doing better. I have been more remote. And I deserve to be. Given the lockdown of two and a half years, I will fly and go wherever I can for whatever reason I possibly can as well. And that's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't mean I care less or participate any less. In fact, I'm right here and we're continuing to do the show uh, live here, especially on a Friday afternoon. Not only do I own the station, but we participate and we do all this stuff. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, the big news here of the day. Well, what should be the big news? Because um, may a report will be made by any mainstream media group, not the Albuquerque Journal, uh, certainly not ABC, NBC, CBS, and certainly not KOAT, uh, KOB. And uh, definitely, if you want to go ahead and and talk about uh, uh, the KRQE group where we read their uh, write-ups, nobody will talk about the eighth month in a row. In fact, if they're going to say about eighth month in a row about anything, they aren't going to be talking about our unemployment rate. And there's an important reason why this matters. And I think it should be stated explicitly. Um, Sure. I guess we could be considered at nearly an all-time low unemployment rate. But relatively speaking, we're the worst in the country, eight months in a row. That should and could matter to you, but because the media determines that it doesn't matter, you think that, well, everything's hunky-dory. Michelle Lujan Grisham's doing a great idea, uh, great job, and we need to go ahead and focus on, you know, what's happening between Steve Smotherman and Mark Ronchetti and, you know, how Mark Ronchetti's a rhino and he still believes in abortion. Like, nobody cares about that. 
if you're a conservative. But that's what they want to focus on. And Dowd has the Read of a Week article written just this afternoon, eight months in a row, the Ocho uh, coming out for Michelle Lujan Grisham. It should be a sad day. And I'll give you sort of the, the political speak on how this is viewed, what she will do, and uh, why this will have negligible, if any, impact uh, on her uh, during the upcoming gubernatorial election. Dowd, you're right up at rockoftalk.chat for less than 20 cents a day. What do you got? Yeah, this is a, a quick one, folks. Uh, not a 2,000-word a, a piece on the six and a half hours I spent at a public hearing lately. Uh, this is just data coming out of the feds, and this is the you know nationally, internationally recognized uh, uh, entity, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, that looks at unemployment rates in, in our country and just all, all aspects of employment and unemployment. We are at number eight, uh, the great number, or not so great number eight. Um, that includes uh, some revised data from the first few months of this eight-month run. Uh, you'll probably wow. see it reported maybe next week, maybe two weeks from now, uh, that uh, we've we've had the worst rate in five you know, five months in a row. No, when you look at the revised data, it's eight months in a row. Uh, we're the only media outlet that will tell you the truth about that. Uh, at Nevada's at four point seven, Alaska's at four point six, but we are at four point nine. All on our own, all by our lonesome, eight months in a row. We have not been tied with anyone. We have had, we've been the, the top achiever in joblessness in the United States for the last eight months. And twisting that knife, twisting that knife as they always do. Our neighbors, <clears throat> uh, the average of our five neighbors, the five uh, border states, is at 3.2% unemployment, which is lower than the national rate. So if you go to rockoftalk.chat, you'll see a, a graphic that I keep. Um, over the years, I actually it took me it took me a little while, but I taught myself Excel and how to do cool charts with Excel because um, I don't come out of the accounting world. But uh, I'm a policy guy. But uh, it's a it's a very revealing chart that shows what is usually the case with New Mexico, which is the government jobs insulate you when there's a really bad economic downturn. Of course, that happened March, April, May of 2020 when lockdowns started to be imposed, and so we never really hit that 14, 15 percent unemployment rate, but. As the months went on, and we're 28 months into this now, the the, the, the Rona world uh, of employment, we have remained consistently higher than the average of our neighbors and consistently higher than the country as a whole. Um, I guess, Eddie, the only good news out of this is it's one more data point for the person challenging the incumbent, uh, who, of course, is going to try to tell us that everything is wonderful in New Mexico. Everything is not wonderful in New Mexico. This is the worst place in America, if you're looking for work, it is the worst place in America to be the last eight months in a row. We're the only media outlet for eight months now. Uh, who, only people who have been telling you uh, this. And, of course, it's available at rockoftalk.chat. But you got to subscribe less than 20 cents a day. All right. So, and uh, notice, folks, uh, we aren't increasing the prices on anything. We tell you less than 20 cents a day. And everyone's telling you, where's my money? I need to get paid. And, uh the inflation rate is growing at an all-time high. Now, I want to talk about the economy to start things out uh, because you're going to go spend, you know, forty-five dollars this weekend to uh, have two people in a box of popcorn to watch. Nope. And uh, what you should be saying is nope to Jordan Peele and the like. Wait for anything to come out on uh, video uh, at this point. So let's talk about the overall economy. Let's talk about the labor participation rate. Let's talk about the state of the U.S. economy. And first, the spin. As I told you, Michelle Ohan Grisham uh, will bear almost zero responsibility for any of this, and not that she has to. 
media, A, won't hold her accountable. B, uh, overall, when she actually looks at her unemployment rate, the way that they're going to spin it is they're going to say that their unemployment rate was lower than Susanna Martinez's any time during her term. Yet we're sitting here telling you that we are the weakest state in the union, period. There is no state that is weaker economically. Now, I oftentimes refer to the labor participation rate because you look at, hey, how come nobody in New Mexico likes to work? Well, there's only two states that are actually worse in terms of labor participation rate. And yes, it's not a good company to be in. Uh, thank God for Mississippi and West Virginia. Uh, not good uh, at all. Let me give you uh, what it looks like and these labor force participation rates. Now, if I told you 7.1 out of 10 people in Nebraska work, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty incredible, right? South Dakota, 6.9 out of 10 people work, 69%. Minnesota, 68.7%. These are numbers that will never in the history of the state of New Mexico ever be achieved. We will never get to this point. What does that mean for every percentage point, for every single percentage point, if we had more and more workers? Now, we also have to look at the number of job openings, okay? So before we get to the participation rate, you have to have job creation, right? What is available? And if you go state by state and you start looking at, well, where are the jobs? Where are they, you know, opened? Uh, you know, people are flocking to red states. And those are just the numbers. For example, in Tennessee, there's 240,000 jobs available. 240,000 jobs available in a state like Tennessee. In Indiana, there's 232,000 jobs. In Georgia, there's 379,000 jobs. In Missouri, there's 221,000 jobs. What do all those states happen? Well, they all have right-to-work laws. They are all open for business, and they have big corporate relocations that are all there. Corporations are locating there, and they will locate to those places and wait for the workers to come from other states as opposed to locate into a blue state uh, into a place that has a higher level of unemployment because they don't need those types of skilled labor. Plus, they have a higher quality of life. Nobody wants to uh, move to where murders are. Nobody wants to move to where you know you have a high level of poverty or uh, bigger than anything, a high level of corporate laws that enable uh, the employees and not the employers, hence the right to work. And then now what just passed uh, July 1st, what is now law, which is this uh, this workforce um, enablement. I don't know what it is to be Healthy quite honest. Act. There you go. Healthy Workplaces Act. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate Fewer that. Workplaces Act, I think, is probably what <clears throat> Why does inflation happen? Well, you have more money chasing less goods. These corporations would rather become less productive. They'd rather lose their bottom line, keep these guys on the books, not have layoffs, than to roll out a number of jobs in a place where they might be able to have higher levels of employment for the exact reasons that I just already mentioned. Now, let's go back to the labor force participation rate. Okay? I mentioned Nebraska, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Utah, Kansas, and including, dare I say it, the District of Columbia, yes, D.C., folks, has a labor participation rate of 67%. Colorado, to our north, has 67%. For every 1% increase, in the state of New Mexico, 
to get to the level that Nebraska is or South Dakota is, we'd have to add 175,000 jobs. Does anybody know that the current number of available jobs, I just read off a number of states to you, 240, 232, uh, what were the other ones uh, that I just mentioned? 221,000 in Missouri, 379 in Georgia. Does anybody know that the number of open jobs in the state of New Mexico, what it happens to be, be or what it happens uh, to be? Anybody got, got a guess, a rough, rough number? Doubt if you were throwing it out there. Number of open jobs in the state of New Mexico currently. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just lost in the numbers right now because I'm, I'm still computing. Um, we are down 11,000 jobs from our February 2020 number. So we have, again, mm-hmm. we are one of the states that has not. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Sure. Number of available jobs in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think, we, we, who's determining this? Because there are a couple of different ways that they measure it. Well, I'm simply pulling this from something called the FGA.org, okay. uh, which is uh, basically an overview of state employment training programs and funded. I'm imagining it would be like a, a JTIP type thing. It's talking about worker shortage. This particular article by Hayden Dubois, uh, uh, listed February 23rd, 2022. So um, beyond that, you know, I don't really know, but I was able to determine the number of available jobs in the state of New Mexico. Okay, fire away. And it was, it is 3,500 jobs currently available. Oh, in the dear state Lord, of I was going to guess around maybe 10 or 12,000. 3,500 jobs roughly are available in the state of New Mexico. Wow. Why is this not a concern? Why are people not looking at this and like, like saying, well, how come people aren't hiring? Well, you know, uh, people don't want to work. And more importantly, the private companies aren't looking for workers. They've given up. They've right-sized themselves to accommodate sort of the new demand here in this market. They're not sort of staging themselves for growth. There isn't new corporate relocations that are happening here like there is in Tennessee, Indiana, Georgia, and Missouri. There in Arizona, and you know, take your pick. I mean, even some uh, few blue states have considerably more, especially driven their population. We have less than five thousand jobs currently available in the state of New Mexico, which is one twentieth of what it is in Indiana, with a liver participation of fifty-four percent. If you think the liver participation rate is going to increase, and I tried to figure this out because I was like, okay, how do we increase the labor participation? You can't. Even if we tried, even if Mark Ronchetti made it a goal, even if we decided at some point, hey, you know what, we want to grow by 15, 20, 25,000 jobs, ain't going to happen. The reason why is the entire system is broke. Institutionally, businesses aren't going to relocate here without getting corporate welfare. If you look at the current availabilities for Netflix jobs in the state of New Mexico, I think you're looking at, looking at fewer than 100 for the quote-unquote fastest-growing company, which has had quarterly losses for the last two quarters they've reported, plus a loss of more than a million subscribers. Folks, I don't need to tell you that this is Armageddon for the state of New Mexico businesses, but the Armageddon has come and gone. The new normal is now here. If you're poised for growth, you're here because you want to retire, you want to be here for certain reasons, and you want to improve the quality of life, but that isn't going to happen because you can't grow yourself out of poverty if corporations haven't relocated here to open it up. And if you think that government's going to go ahead and expand by 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 jobs, and that's going to make a dent, I refer you back to labor participation rate. For every one percentage growth rate, meaning we wanted to go from 54% to 55% in the labor participation rate, we would have to increase by 9,000 
100 jobs, 9,100 jobs. How much would we need to go ahead and get, I don't know, 10% growth, get a 64% and be sort of on par with the rest of the country? You'd have to grow the economy by more than 91,000 jobs in the state of New Mexico, and that is not happening. So the stats don't lie. The numbers are there. You need to understand what's happening right here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, we simply are not in growth, um, and there is no pressure on it. And you're totally fine with the um, you have the 3,500 jobs. How many are high-skilled jobs? Well, I don't have a breakdown of that. I'm just telling you the current number of jobs as estimated by the New Mexico Department of Labor's availabilities and what we know. So based upon industries and corporate relocations, uh, there's nothing like that here. There just isn't any sort of availabilities, folks. So when you say that people aren't working, well, it's not because they don't want to work, or maybe it is, but it wouldn't matter anyway because the businesses aren't bringing jobs here to the state. And that's what you need to know. 550, 500, that's 550, 500. Dowd, what are your what are your thoughts on that based upon the labor participation rate, which is now what we should be focused more? We're the third lowest in the entire country, certain to be number one. There's more availabilities in, for jobs in Mississippi, uh, having uh, leaning more towards the right and becoming more red. And certainly West Virginia, with the switchover of their uh, governor from the Democrats to the Republican Party, Jim Justice. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on those numbers. Well, it's funny because I looked at the new data that came out this morning at 10 a.m. East Coast time. So, folks, I was actually up at 7.55 a.m. What? Absolute miracle for me. What? Uh, waiting for that data to come in because every Friday, you know, the, was it the third or fourth Friday of the month, whenever they post the state data, uh, I, I, I get it out to our subscribers. There's another reason why you should subscribe. And there's so many angles of this. And I really, uh, I'm glad Eddie brought up some of these superstar states because what boggles my mind, Eddie, about places like like Arizona and Tennessee, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you their their unemployment rates right now. They are tied at 3.3 percent, so that's uh, three uh, decimal places uh, less than the national unemployment rate, which is pretty low by historical standards. But how can these places, particularly Arizona, which tends to have higher unemployment because it's growing so fast that people move there sight unseen, and then people also move there where their spouse doesn't quite have a job, but they might have a job opening there. And unemployment tends to be a little higher. It's it's counterintuitive because you think these booming economies uh, would always have record low unemployment, but they don't because they're growing so fast. It's such a dynamic churning economy. Sometimes unemployment's a little a little higher than normal in these really dynamo states. You've got these two states, and I'll throw South Carolina right next door at three point two percent unemployment, uh, tied with Arkansas. You've got states now that have the best of both worlds. They're maintaining below the national average unemployment. But they're also rapidly uh, expanding opportunities and growing their job bases. And I think Eddie likes to say, I forget what the time frame was, that Arizona added the equivalent of an Albuquerque. I don't know if it was in the last decade or not. It but was over 20, 2014 to 2018. That's what it was. Short, Very short term. Uh, not even the, the full decade. But I will say this, Eddie, and I, I know you don't have the paper Albuquerque Journal in front of you. Um, I, I don't subscribe, of course, but uh, I'm, I'm almost maxed out on all my free articles. But I do every morning and every evening sort of check what the headlines are at the Albuquerque Journal website. And you're not going to believe this, Eddie. You're going to fall off your chair. This was covered by the Albuquerque Journal. Headline, low labor force participation, quote, very concerning, close quote. Uh, this is a, a hearing that's happening down, I think they're still down in the, the Legislative Finance Committee. It's had like three days of hearings down in Silver City. And the Deputy Secretary of the Workforce Solutions Department, we, you know, we don't call it the Labor Department anymore, said, uh, quote, very concerning, close quote, that labor participation is so low. And she cited this one statistic, which 
should blow your mind, folks, as, as, as the nature of the workforce changes and we move toward more sedentary jobs, more service-oriented jobs, more white-collar jobs, uh, fewer manufacturing jobs, fewer, you know, dusty, what are they called? What do we use the drones for? Dull, dirty, and dangerous jobs. Uh, the number of people who are claiming disability insurance in New Mexico, as it should be, now, as it should be everywhere in the United States, that those numbers should generally be declining given the nature of, of, of work in our no. country. You know, it should be mm-hmm. declining just, just because the workplace is safer. It's less physically demanding. I, I, even I, ladies and gentlemen, even I, who always expect the worst when it comes to policy in New Mexico, cannot believe this. In 1991, okay, 30 years ago, there were 30,000, uh, almost 31,000 people in New Mexico on quote unquote disability. At the end of 2020, December 2020, you'd say, oh, it's going to be significantly lower, the changing nature of the workforce, da, da, da. 61,294, double the number of people on disability in 1991 when that number should be lower. Boy, do people know how to work the system in the land of enchantment. So, wow, Dad, uh, Dowd. So you're telling me uh, basically we've got three to three and a half percent of the state, roughly. Hmm on disability, which includes every man, woman, child in the state of New Mexico, which includes infants, if you will, who don't, who wouldn't even qualify. Um, now, if we're actually talking about the actual labor participation rate, let's get a better look at this. We're assuming those on disability are people who would be able to provide for themselves. Therefore, they would, wouldn't qualify for disability because, hey, they are decided to go ahead and work. We're looking at a 54.4% uh, labor participation rate, okay? And we're aggregating that against, uh, I don't know, what is it, 1.1 million, or excuse me, 2.1 million. We're actually looking at what's the total employment right now in the state of New Mexico? 914,000 minus the 60 some odd thousand jobs. Right. I'm just doing this all in my head. 60 yep. some odd thousand jobs we've missed. Uh, we have uh, so 917,000 jobs right now. Okay, 917,000 uh, jobs. And the unemployment rate we have of those, what, 890, 885,000 of those filled, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Listen to this. Six against that uh, eight, you're looking at approximately, mm, no, it's not 3%. Uh, it's more like 8%, eight, and a half, eight, eight to eight and a half, one in 10 people, practically. If we really want to round up, like all you guys who are donating to ridiculous charities at your favorite retailer, hey, do you want to round up for your favorite charity? I'm like, no, do not ask me that again. I'm going to keep every penny. Um, We have a disability rate in the state of New Mexico. I wonder if that's the highest in the country. I wonder if New Mexico has the highest disability rate in the country. One in 10, one in 10 nearly, probably about eight and a half to nine percent. Uh, of those people who could work are claiming disability. Does that sound about right? Uh, Eddie, I'll, the- I'll, try, I'll see what I can get this weekend. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we were either one, two, or three in terms of disability as a percentage of the potential workforce. Yeah, It's cultural now. I think it's something that people do. I think it's something that you just, you know, tell sort of like the same uh, women who go get knocked up, you know, said to play spin the bottle with their favorite uh, homie in the South Valley and don't know who the, who the daddy is and uh, never get married, uh, have four or five children, go get uh, dependencia from uh, the human services department 
in uh, Santa Fe, which is actually just down the street from the radio station. Line up, get your bennies, and you're good to go. And as long as you don't get married, as long as you like, you reach one, teach one. You find other people that you can teach how to go ahead and game the system. Same with, with disabilities. I mean, um, I doubt that we have enough investigators to go after all those people who are claiming to be on quote-unquote disability. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another thing, is that you've got to find the frauds. Uh, I I, I think, Dowd, you and I should open up a business on figuring out how to investigate those people who are claiming disability and whether or not truly they could actually provide for themselves. Well, I, um, so uh, folks, we, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to feel a little pain in my wrist right now. You know, I do spend a lot of time at the computer and uh, you know, I work a lot of hours to, to bring all this important information <laughs> to the people of New Mexico. I'm starting to feel a little pain. Uh, yeah, well, maybe I need to file a claim. <laughs> yeah, uh, carpal tunnel. Uh, yeah, you can have have any of that stuff. Pretty incredible. Um, how about the the people on disability? Uh, are they factored into the unemployment rate? I don't I don't believe they are. No, because you have to be looking for a job to be counted among the unemployed. Yeah. Can a person with disability actually go out and find employment? And if they do, would they still be on disability? Do you know the answer to that? Well, how many, well, how many people are actually disabled? Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the real. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, a number of years ago, they did a big in, expose on the disability scam. Uh, let me just read you from the article. This is from the uh, Legislative Finance Committee presentation uh, from a report that was presented to them. Uh, now, there are two different programs. There's the SSI and the SSDI, the disability is the SSDI, and then the supplemental program, uh, SSI. From 1999 to 2020, the number of disabled workers in New Mexico receiving the SSI, the supplemental security income, increased by more than 45% compared to the U.S. average of 31%, according to this report. In that same time frame, New Mexico saw a 98% increase of those receiving old age and survivors disability insurance, what we think of as traditional disability, a doubling of the rate over the past 20 years, while the national rate saw an increase of 67.2%. So as bad as things were nationally, New Mexico, even worse. Can these people be prosecuted? What is the, what, what's the uh, criminal um, you know, penalties for this? Are there criminal penalties? Um, why are the gubernatorial candidates not talking about this? Do they know about these numbers? Is this something that is in the sphere of discussion in terms of uh, talking about uh, any sort of politics? Should these be political? Is this just the culture that we live in? Um, is this um, a sort of a, a bigger indicator of other things going on? Is this something that's, that, that is cultural uh, within an innate uh, within the culture of New Mexico? I mean, I'd love to get any and all these questions answered. If you want to take your best stab at it, um, best thing to do is go ahead and uh, text in directly. 550-5500 this, this, this evening, excuse me, we are live. It's uh, 435 here in the Kiva. But uh, these are all questions I'm certainly um, aware of. And uh, given the amount of disability, the high level of unemployment, uh, is this too big of a tax for our small businesses to continue to you know, bear the brunt on? Uh, we certainly know that they are now responsible, uh, and it seems like everyone's responsible for the uh, probably the most enabled, privileged um, workforce in the entire country. I don't think that there's a, a workforce, if you can even call it work, um, a workforce that's more coddled than the uh, state of New Mexico workers, uh, Dowd. And I think you would agree with the way that I've characterized that. Um, they have been given every excuse in the book. I mean, nobody is weaker, more feeble, and less able to provide for themselves 
than the workers of the state of New Mexico uh, as a whole. If you were looking, you know, a group of baskets of workers from, let's say, compare Tennessee to New Mexico to Michigan to New York to Texas, you know, uh, I think that, that that's a fair assessment, fair characterization. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely. And, and it does, I don't need to agree because the American Enterprise Institute did this analysis. And I, I hope they update it because I think it was back in 2014. They looked at every state and they looked at the value of salaries. They looked at the value of benefits. Uh, and they also factored in some other things like job security. What's the likelihood that you're, you're going to lose your job in state government or local government? I, and actually, this one was just state government. They found that 20, a 24 uh, percent in terms of what the value of the of the, the benefit you get from having a state, state job in New Mexico is one of the highest disparities between that and the private sector among all the 50 states. Uh, the state is run, state government is run as a bust out job for benefiting the people on the payroll and taxpayers be damned. Uh, folks, you can go to rockettalk.chat. I've documented that in many, many other ways as well. Uh, if New Mexico were a foreign country that you could compare it to, to put things in better perspective, what country would that be and why? Um, you know, how would you compare it upon what lines uh, economically? I think that's another way to, to do it. I mean, uh, we just got to do something to wake people up in the state of New Mexico. It seems like we can't. I feel like we're running in place all the time. You know, more of these reports come on and it doesn't matter if it's education or jobs or economic growth or, you know, just overall, you know, uh, best places to live in the country. We are pulling up the end and the rear every single time, yet there's no political consequences. Uh, no one is holding the leadership's feet to the fire. They certainly aren't holding up the leadership's feet to the fire on the Democrat side. And I, I would uh, go so far as to say that this is an entrenched petri dish of uh, Republicans and Democrats converging together uh, to create a, a population that continues to be inept, stupid, ignorant, and not on their own accord. Uh, you've got two parties that are working hard to uh, preserve the status quo. And why would you want the status quo when this is the results that it gives you time after time? And yet here's just another dismal report yet once again, just another week in the year in the state of New Mexico, in the same year, the land of manana, manana, manana. Nothing changes, everything's the same, and people are picking up and looking for different places to move. And no, my radio station is not for sale. 550-5500, that's 550-5500 here in the Kiva. Lots of responses here to open up the hour one here on this fun Friday. Uh, Eddie, your competitors are snattering the boobs of negativity to quote Spiro Agnew. Uh, actually, Pat uh, Buchanan the... wrote that for Spiro Agnew. <laughs> oh, is that right? There you go. Well, you you are the biggest Pat Buchanan, uh, probably, I, I don't want to say disciple, but that'd be probably another word that you use to characterize that. Nobody knows him better than you do. Um, it should also be stated today, uh, D.D. Musk, I wanted to ask you about Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon retiring today from the WWE, no longer CEO after uh, a plethora of, um, you know, they're just, they're throwing everything they can at him, as oftentimes does. Uh, sometimes it's believable in the case of guys like Bill Cosby or Jeffrey Epstein, but then sometimes it's maybe less believable, maybe in the case of Vince McMahon. But he retired today from the institution of uh, fake battle entertainment or, you know, actual real battle. I don't know. I don't know what WWE is, but uh, your reactions to that as the, uh, someone who tried to help Linda McMahon. Well, all I can say is I, I never met Vince. Uh, I think that the, the policy for the campaign back in 2010 was uh, uh, keep Vince as far away from the campaign as possible in a place like Connecticut. He probably doesn't add to your credibility as a candidate. Uh, I, all I could say is, is 
all my dealings with Linda were wonderful. She's, she was an unbelievable worker. She basically attended seven, eight events a day, seven days a week, campaigned so hard. Campaigned on, I would say, kind of a Reaganite light, uh, a Reaganite light campaign platform in Connecticut, probably as far right as you could be while campaigning in a place like that. Uh, super generous. And I don't know if this is violating my NDA or not, but when the election, they can come after me. This is complimentary. When the election, after the election, and we did not prevail, uh, and uh, Richard Blumenthal, one of the worst human beings on planet Earth, who lied about being in Vietnam when he was not actually in Vietnam, and that story was broken by the New York Times because apparently the Salzburgers and Blumenthal's family have some feud going back many years. Uh, you never would think oh, okay. of, you never would think Got of the wow. New York Times as going after a liberal Democrat, but they did. And my first day on the job was the morning that story broke in the New York Times about him traveling around Connecticut through the years and talking about when we got back from Vietnam, when I got back from Vietnam. He never went to Vietnam. Uh, all I can say is they paid our salaries through the end of the entire month of November, which all the campaign people I have ever met and talked to say that that is never done. You're like you're you're likely to get you're unlikely. You're, <laughs> there's a chance that you don't even get paid in September or October as the campaign's coming to the end and running out of money. Uh, super hard workers, and I got I had a number of conversations with her. Uh, the funniest thing, funny exchange we ever had though was that she was going to go do the tour as a lot of candidates do. Mark Ronchetti's probably going to do it um, of editorial boards. And they asked me, because a lot of the people were national, the, the top level people were national, and they asked me to just outline a list of questions that the editorial boards would probably be asking about. And of course, I understand Connecticut so well, and I knew that, let's say, uh, let's see, uh, open space would be a huge issue. Uh, reviving downtowns in, in Connecticut would be an issue. Uh, all, all these are moonbat causes in Connecticut. And so I, I, I listed all the questions for her. And they had a separate guy working on policy. And I, I ran into her coming in out the door and she said, you know, it's really good. Those questions are really helpful for helping me prepare for all this. But you didn't list the answers. And I said, Mrs. McMahon, <laughs> you, uh, from what I read in the paper, uh, you and Mr. McMahon are billionaires. If you want the answers, it's going to cost you more. And she just laughed. Yeah. And, you know, she was just such a down, down-to-earth human being. So yeah. uh, I hope all is well with the marriage. You know, the, uh, WWE is a Connecticut-based company in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, it may not be your taste. Uh, one of the problems with the McMahons is in snooty Connecticut. A lot of people look down at the WWE because that's lowbrow entertainment. Um, uh, the WWE has brought a lot of happiness to people really all over the globe. Uh, and and uh, people have been greatly entertained by their entertainment. And uh, you yes, know, what can you say? All my dealings with Linda were wonderful. She's a really good person. And Eddie Aragon will like this. She was Donald Trump's small business administration advisor once Trump was uh, sworn into office. So she joined the Trump administration. Let's not forget that Donald Trump did make a couple of appearances. He did. Uh, you might he go did. back and look at uh, what he did on WWE. By the way, uh, Donald Trump will be in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, a couple of endorsement letters that came out today on behalf of the uh, uh, Cary Lake campaign uh, came out. And then one for a congressman, Eli something or other in Arizona. And then he endorsed his candidate uh, for governor in the state of Wisconsin. So these are critical. The timing of these primaries is very critical. Um, that's going to be important come Tuesday uh, because you're going to see who's going to come out of those uh, primary races. I believe uh, two Tuesdays from now for Arizona, and I believe it might be next Tuesday for the primary of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, those were key states certainly during the 2020 election. In fact, it was Wisconsin that uh, swiveled from the right to the left in the uh, can for Donald Trump. And uh, six hours later, uh, come the morning when everything switched. Very important, uh, some films that we're going to share as we uh, wrap up the campaign season that are going to be important. Uh, Eddie, 
you are one of the few news sources that deal in objective of absolute truth. Tucker Carlson is the other one. Welfare queen serial baby mamas are depriving their precious children of stable home with a father in it. Uh, yeah, they don't like fathers. And remember all those women who are dependent upon the government. Uh, they're the first to hyphenate their last names. Bingo! Boy, nailed it. I'm glad I'm on today. Um, isn't that the truth, though, Dow? Isn't that the oh, yeah. truth? And uh, still, none of you women have been to the moon. Uh, but uh, certainly Harrison Schmidt has. Uh, Eddie, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but until we remove all the Democrat socialism in the state of New Mexico, we're doomed to be at the bottom of the list for unemployment, disability claims, people refusing to work, and anyone in office that truly wants to change our status. We need new Republican blood with true leadership in office that really wants to jumpstart our economy and change the attitudes of the deadbeats in this state that want to sit on their butts and not work. Uh, that one there from J-Man, one of our avid subscribers, and avid he is... Uh, oftentimes uh, entertaining others, including himself, uh, with his answers every day. Good job, J-Man. Thanks for being such a great participant at the Rock of Talk Chat. Eddie, when the governor increases the EPA regulations trifled on oil and gas, the trickle-down effect is unbelievable. It hurts agriculture. It hurts education. It goes on and on. That from uh, Robin Hood, the conservative. Eddie, of the 3,500 jobs, how many are high school jobs? No way for me to actually know. Uh, by the way, the separation between the number of availability jobs, I'm actually talking about current availability, not to where we are in terms of full employment. We're talking about the people who are looking for jobs. So another way to look at that is the spread between, what did you say the current employment level is, 870,000 doubt? Is that it? Uh, we are at actually 906, 906. We, we are 11,000 behind where we were two and a half years ago. Still haven't clawed our way back. Those are the number of people who have jobs currently? Yes, yep, yep. Okay, and so we have a 4.6 uh, rate. So um, how are we under, how far are we underemployed? I just told you there was 3,500 jobs available. Uh, so 906000 uh, divided by 0 0.049. Um, Whoa, 0.09. Sorry about that. Uh, I apologize. 906000 uh, divided by uh, 0 0.9 and 0.9 times 0 0.70. And so minus 3,500. We are uh, underemployed in the state of New Mexico for the number of jobs that we need to become fully employed. Uh, we're missing 40,894 jobs. Um, if you don't bring in corporations to bring in new jobs, you can't soak that up and you can't make a dent on the unemployment rate. Folks, this is so simple. This is just so simple. This is just a quick and dirty bring down analysis of what really is happening. And if I'm telling you that there's 380,000 jobs and you have 40,000 people who are roughly sitting on the sidelines, and let's assume for a moment that those 3,500 jobs can be absorbed by the 4,000 and 10 people can compete for the one job that's actually out there. And, and that's what's happening. There's lots of people who, if they win and if, and when they're looking for jobs or have to compete for with 10 other people, what are they most likely to do? If people in Georgia and those businesses or Nashville or Nashville and Tennessee, those businesses, they're going to take the first warm body off the street. Whereas you actually have to compete for jobs in the state of New Mexico, if it's a job you even want, and likely most of those people who get that job won't even want it. They're just trying to do it to make ends meet because they're decent, honest people who aren't claiming disability or aren't trying to milk the dole for all the unemployment that they can get. Mm -hmm. This is costing you. 
if those 40,894 people, what is the unemployment benefits coming in? About $550 a week? Is that, is that about right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the extra stuff went away after the Rona was over. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, if these people are looking at unemployment benefits for a person on average, you know, what do they get? Five, six hundred bucks a week? I have no idea. Hmm. No way for me to know. But what, what do you know? What do you think it is, Doug? Uh, I'd, I, I'd have to check Eddie, but I, I remember asking on uh, our, our uh, daily blast a couple of weeks ago because there was a disability scam. Maybe one of the wire services had reported something and I asked, uh, do you know okay. anybody who's ever scammed the disability system? And the responses were, no. uh, more than one. Let's put <laughs> no, it that way. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone knows somebody has uh, like, like that's the most ridiculous question. Everybody knows someone who is scamming the disability system and you're probably enabling and hiding them out right now. Okay, so I calculated at $600, $600 a week for each one of those 41,000 people who's claiming unemployment. The state of New Mexico is spilling out $24.53 million a week to pay for those people to be unemployed because your governor didn't, and that's the real cost, yep. didn't decide to go ahead and grow the jobs. Now, if you multiply that over 52 weeks, how much are you costing the state of New Mexico? The budget's 7.7, now $8.6 billion. Uh, that's $1.275 billion to pay those people to keep them on the unemployment rolls. Now, of course, you get phased out if you don't find the job, you stop looking, or you find other alternative means. But more than likely, you're going to go ahead and pick up and move to another state. That's just the long and the short of it, folks. That's as easy as I can possibly say it. So not much else I can do. Sorry for the uh, Friday bad news uh, here, folks, but you've got to look at this uh, the way that I look at it. Um, please do so. Please start trying to uh, say that I'm just a naysayer or someone who's looking at things the wrong way. Um, I should have been in a position where I could have helped make the decisions and make things happen, but you guys didn't want to do it because you don't care about your state. You want the same crap year in, year out, and people not wanting to go ahead and attack these problems and deal with the reality that's in front of you. Your state is failing. People are leaving, and we are going into an economic recession, folks. New Mexico will never be the likes of any of these other states, but at least you could try and turn the corner and make the right decision. That's the best thing I can possibly put out there for you. 550, 5500, at 550. 5,500. Wish I could do other talk radio, but you guys keep giving me crap year in, year out to talk about here because you can't make good political decisions and you know it and you won't do it because you love your dependency and you love the free handouts in the state. We'll take a quick break here in the Kiva on AM 600 
Well, she was a hit, but Elvis Presley was not. 1968, Elvis Presley began filming Charro. You heard right there. How'd you like that out? I included, uh, <laughs> I, how could we not include Charro? The uh, hip shaking, uh, pelvic thrusting goddess of the uh, Latinas uh, out there. Uh, well, Elvis uh, filmed Charro, the only movie in which he had a beard. I, I'm not even totally and completely unaware. Only one song was used, and Charro was a commercial failure. How many films did uh, Elvis make? I, wasn't it in the hundreds? It had to be. <laughs> Far too many. Something. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I think he was in the movie of the week uh, all there, the There's a bootleg well, album out there called Elvis's Greatest S-Word, uh, exclamation point, and it's all of the terrible songs from all of his terrible movies. And I remember back in the 90s, on uh, back when television used to be fun and not preachy and awful, uh, they would do, you know, TNT would have the summer movie uh, film festivals. And I remember, uh, uh, what's his name? Conan O'Brien came on to host uh, his favorite Elvis movie, which was Clambake. And I think it might have been, I don't know if it was Clambake <laughs> with an exclamation point or not. And the, the theme of Clambake was, Clambake, go and have a Clambake. And and they were they had really run wow. out of ideas uh, very quickly yeah. when it came to the King's movies. Yes, uh, someone really thought that he still he still had it. Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of conservatives you uh, out there still seem to think that Karen Bedoni Bedoni Top still has it, and uh, she does not. Uh, Daniel Chacon, writing for the Santa Fe New Mexican, as he often does uh, in a very operational manner, I should say, uh, recognized a. Um, ethics complaint that has been lodged i use that word uh quite loosely as uh, has been indicated by the campaign reports much of actually what uh, karen bedoni uh now you might remember folks uh, she came in third in the congressional cd3 race uh, uh some years ago a couple of years ago now she's running for governor of the state of new mexico uh, as the libertarian choice despite making claims uh, to the effect that she is uh, a Republican and always will be a Republican. Well, Daniel Chacon uh, goes on at length to locate the um, billboard that was funded. Uh, interesting doubt, isn't it? Uh, all of the various uh, candidates now, the uh, political candidates uh, post a mayoral election who are now uh, all running billboards. Well, uh, here it is. This Brett's uh, Coconitis uh, filed a complaint yesterday. He's the vice chairman of the Republican Party. And this is what the Republican Party needs to be doing. Good work, uh, uh, Brad. Congratulations. He's also the director of Stop MLG Political Action Committee. Alleges unlawful coordination, among other violations. The billboard located on I-40 in Torrance County. Freedom Bedoni Governor. Yeah. Uh, includes a photo of her and her official campaign logo as well. That's a no-no, Karen. The billboard states it was paid for by private persons of New Mexico. Well, you can't list that. And this is AKA black money or dark money. And uh, according to the complaint, the campaign candidate posted disclaimers regarding protected photo and graphic use without prior approval from the campaign, prior approval use of logos, graphics, etc. It's not only a violation of the individual for the individual who funded independent expenditures, but also for Karen Fedoni herself. So, there's a big push right now to get Karen Bedoni out of the race. I believe that she does stand in the way of a successful gubernatorial uh, run for uh, one Mark Ronchetti. And I'll tell you what, I'll take anybody but Michelle Lujan Grisham and only Mark Ronchetti has a choice. So do whatever you possibly can. Hour two, just for you, me and the crew here in the ABQ. On the Instagram, yeah, baby.
Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, and the ABQ.com coming at you from the ABQ here this afternoon on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Stitcher SoundCloud, and Spotify or Audible via podcast. And of course, you can download the apps directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.chat or rockoftalk.com. Why not become a subscriber today for less than 20 cents a day at rockoftalk.chat. As I mentioned, I am uh, here at the uh, Scottsdale Princess in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale to be specific, and it is hot as hell, Uh, or as the Southerners like to call it, Haiti. They always say Hades. Um, Not sure why they say that, but, uh, well, I just think it's the way that they refer to things in the Bible Belt. Didad Muska. Uh, here uh, with the rest of the crew. We also have Eric, who's been handling the uh, duties most of the week. Uh, great job, Eric, as uh, always. We appreciate you uh, you know, getting through all that. We don't have branding on AraqaTalk.tv. Uh, <clears throat> something uh, happened, let's just say that. Um, so that uh, seemed to have gone away, but uh, hopefully we'll have that back in short order uh, for you. Um, uh, downloads uh, are increasing yet once again for the app, so that's always exciting, and we appreciate uh, your patronage. Best way to support us and support the radio uh, advertisers that are here on this radio station, and you can find all of those directly, graphically on our app at rockoftalk.com, where they all bounce through as we slog through this year. A disappointing uh, opening uh, discussing the labor market uh, here in the state of New Mexico, eighth year or eighth month in a row here on this uh, record-breaking year. Uh, never has New Mexico looked this bad in a comparative fashion to the others. Uh, it will have negligible to no impact on Michelle Lujan Grisham. One, the money isn't there. Two, people don't care enough. And three, the culture is broken in the state of New Mexico. People don't want to work. Lowest participation, uh, one of the lowest participation rates uh, in the country. And uh, one of the things that I did sort of uh, infer uh, when it came to one of our candidates, uh, and I shouldn't say our, a candidate for governor for the state of New Mexico, former Republican, now uh, newly opportuned libertarian, uh, Karen Bedoni, who has been a a libertarian uh, no longer than a few months. I believe that she gave her speech over at the Republican um, Embassy Suites here in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, yet now she finds herself at the top of the ticket representing the libertarians in true spoiler fashion, much like much of the controlled opposition that operates within the uh, party faithful of the Republican Party, which would include none other than Michelle Garcia Holmes, which would also include none other than Janice Arnold Jones. Take your picture or certainly a Carla Sontag, people who are not down with Por La Causa. Um, but people who are certainly trying to hold us back because unless they're at the front of the line, they do not want you to succeed. And they certainly don't reflect and, uh, in my opinion, represent Republican values here in the state of New Mexico. And I think uh, Dowd concurs with me on all of that. And let's jump into it. We've got Steve Bannon, who has now been found guilty. What does that mean? Uh, champion for Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be in Arizona tomorrow. Uh, in Prescott, uh, Arizona, on behalf of Carrie Lake. Uh, I don't think Carrie Lake's going to make it out, I should say. 
the Arizonans uh, have a bunch of different time. You won't see Mark Ronchetti endorsed by Donald Trump, so don't look for it. And uh, Mark Ronchetti isn't going to ask for it. That's just the way it goes. It's not going to translate very well. The uh, Trump endorsement, at least as characterized by the Santa Fe New Mexican as well as the Albuquerque Journal, would be the Oh, and of course, our beloved Joe Monahan, uh, who we oftentimes listen to, Dowd Musk, as you know, the voice of reason, the home for New Mexico politics, <laughs> Joe Monahan has suggested that the Trump support for any candidate would be the kiss of death. Uh, because oh. Donald Trump is so bad, yeah. Uh, Donald Trump has an, an absolutely unbelievable record, including his endorsement of uh, an unfortunate Republican candidate uh, for the state of Pennsylvania, who in the latest polls trails by nine points, nine points, yes. And that would be uh, Senor Dr. Oz, uh, who attended a homosexual wedding uh, with none other than Michelle Lujan Grisham, who's not only attended homosexual weddings, but also presided them. Uh, her uh, very fa uh, famous, muy famoso, uh, presentation of the nuptials. Uh, do you call them that when it's amongst a dude and a dude and a girl and a girl? Do you, is it nuptials? I'm supposing it is. I'm not going to argue. Oh, Joe Monahan wants me to stay in Arizona. Yeah, he's texting me right now. I'm glad you enjoy that, Joe. Uh, I can run circles around you. I invited Joe, I should probably say, and I'll get back to my point that I was going to make um, with regard to uh, you know these nuptials, uh, if you will. But back to Joe, I offered him an opportunity to be on the radio show um, once a week where him and I can sort of argue both sides of the of the aisle and uh, have yet to hear if he's going to be a taker on that. I think what we need is more uh, more crossfire debate, uh, if you will, Dowd, uh, to call out a, a, one of the few political uh, successful uh, uh, properties of uh, CNN, the communist news network uh, that is out there. So, well, I, I would just we say, that, say that, you know, if, if you if you you want to start bringing uh, Joe Monahan into a battle of wits, uh, he will arrive unarmed. So, uh, you know, maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's a better candidate out there. Joe, you deserve that today. Oh, the Dow three thousand calling out that Joe Monahan. So there you go. So a lot of fun. You know, uh, you know, we're on the losing end on so many of these. You know, doubt is has the biggest pom poms on behalf of the uh, cheerleaders led by none other than Michelle Lujan Grisham. And um, back to the nuptials comment. Um, do you call those nuptials? She provided over that. Dr. Oz is anything but a conservative candidate. But we did have an interesting vote this week in which a number of Republican candidates, including uh, the former football player, uh, and I think he's a representative who came down to talk on behalf of the Republican part of the state of New Mexico. Uh, and I had a chance to also, uh, as well as Liz Stefanik, voted in support of gay marriage. Not sure why that's becoming a thing. Not sure why marriage is the providence of a government at this point or how it became such a thing. Um, you know, we were at a point where less than 100 years ago, I believe, or just over 100 years ago, where women weren't even allowed to vote, um, you know, 150 years ago. And then we're discussing these types of social issues. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be bringing this to the fore since we've made so many advances, Dowd. Um, but, you know, this is a great way to gaslight the population uh, to say that, you know, Republicans are dead set uh, against uh, homosexuality. I don't know that anybody really cares anymore. I think what we just don't want to do it, just like abortions, is we don't want to fund it. We don't want to hear about it. If it's not part of our culture, we want to live and let live and live on our own. We want it not impressed upon our children. From our calendars uh, to our textbooks, 
to, well, now the drag queen shows at public libraries. This is something where the good people, and yes, I will state that emphatically, the good people of this country, the foundations of the country, the things that uh, are reliable and uh, disciplined that you can actually depend upon, I think need to be taken to the forefront, you know, uh, where you have organizations like the New Mexico United, Peter Gervasiani, and very... Uh, was literally sacrificing themselves at the altar of political correctness and have an entire LGBTQ fest uh, coinciding with the uh, public um, pleas of the uh, uh, state of the city uh, with the uh, mayor, Tim Keller. It's just this woke politics is, I think, really breaking its back of this traditionally very conservative state, as well as uh, the rest of the conservative values throughout the rest of the country now. Yeah, uh, what can I say? I mean, uh, I I hadn't thought about the New Mexico United in maybe forty eight hours, Eddie, and and, um, and, 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 and and you just there it is. There, there you go, bringing it up again. I just I just don't understand what this gets you as a you know do do one thing, do it well, or I think what is it, what is the, the the guy the Grateful Dead guy say? Don't don't be perceived as the as the best at what you do. Be perceived as the only person who does what you do whether it's sneakers whether it's some sporting event just go out and be awesome at that and i don't to this day i cannot explain why getting involved in political and ideological movements uh i mean that just turns people off your product and maybe reduces your revenue aren't you in business i I just don't get it except in the case of woke ignorant politics and policies and uh, probably the lowest uh, literacy rate in the entire country here in the state of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. You have a tendency to believe what other people who look and sound better than you do, which isn't hard considering the state of New Mexico. You'll believe what they say and what they're selling. Uh, and by the way, Joe, if you don't like the, the stuff we say here on this radio station, you're welcome to turn it off. A jury on Friday found former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress for blowing off Wow, this is characterized by NBC News, blowing off the House January 6th committee. He was non-responsive. Uh, that certainly is a way of characterizing it, but I think that's a much more informal way of doing so. The jury returned the verdict after deliberating for less than three hours on what prosecutors presented as a quote-unquote straightforward case. The case is not complicated, but it is important. Assistant U.S. Attorney Molly Gatson told jurors during the closing arguments on Friday, she argued that Banyan did not want to recognize Congress's authority or play the government rules. And sentencing is scheduled for October 21st when he will face a mandatory minimum prison sentence of 30 days and up to one year behind bars. He'll likely get the one year. He could also be fined $100 to $100,000. He'll be fined $100,000. He's expected to appeal. I doubt if the appeal will even go through, and I doubt he'll waste the time doing it. He'll likely make pay out of the service of his prison sentence an amount of money that he'll be able to raise to go ahead and satisfy, I think, the closure of paying that particular fine. According to the report, committee chairman Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi, terrible, and vice chair Liz Cheney, soon to be ousted, I believe, in the uh, upcoming Republican primaries, called Bannon's conviction a quote-unquote victory for the rule of law, an important affirmation of the select committee's work. As the prosecutor stated, Steve Bannon shows allegiance to Donald Trump over compliance with the law. Now, I had the uh, misfortune of watching some of this yesterday. I took the time, aside from watching uh, strange foreign films from the 1950s and the 60s in Italian, not to mention the uh, latest uh, Blink Letters. Uh, I'm not sure if you watched the trilogy before sunset, before sunrise, and then now the last one before midnight, uh, which is what I'm watching right now. I was watching and catching some of this stuff. And the whole entire thing 
is hell-bent on characterizing that Donald Trump did nothing, which is the same as enabling what was happening out on the Capitol. And you're getting some pretty decent numbers because there's nothing else on TV. There's no NBA finals. Um, there's no uh, the All-Star game, I think, had one of its uh, lackluster performances where hardly anybody watching, much less anybody really aware that it's gone. Uh, there's little to no binge watching going on right now. I mean, this is now made for TV because nothing else is on. Looking in the bar area where I was at last night, they were literally playing this stuff. They were playing it nonstop. Uh, and in my opinion, it's, an attendant, it, it, it's, it's intended to gaslight and make you feel as if Donald Trump, even if you didn't think so originally, committed a crime by not doing something, you know, uh, using our own light against us, which is the only thing that we need for evil to persist is for good men to do nothing. And that's exactly the way that they're characterizing this. Everything has been exacted, nailed, um, polished, and put and positioned for exactly this moment. And I think it's all being coordinated by the news organizations for a direct strike in a way that can only say that is complete and total collusion of the media as well as the Democratic Party together to incriminate Donald Trump and make sure that he does not have the ability to run in 2024. Now, Donald Trump's word and his endorsement still count for a lot. I think he's 150. I don't really know what the actual number is, but it's something along those lines. He's going to, as I mentioned already, for the third time, he's going to be out here in Prescott, uh, Arizona tomorrow. And long story short, um, they know that the danger that Donald Trump poses to their ability to go ahead, I think, and uh, get any sort of traction going forward on the midterm elections. To that end, I think much as they've created this in trying to go after Donald Trump, and I realize that a lot of people aren't paying as much attention as they should be to this, what's happening, and if you look at the world stage, and you look at Boris Johnson, and you look at what happened with Shinzo Abe, and you look at this is another way to take out another conservative leader. And how are they doing it? In a much more organizational uh, way. Uh, in the case of Shinzo Abe, that was a very direct hit. In the case of uh, dealing with uh, Boris Johnson, they did that internally uh, through an impeachment process and removing him, which will, he'll be replaced on September the 5th, likely with a very woke and um, very politically correct conservative person to to take his place. So the takedown of Steve Bannon, one of two people uh, who essentially engineered the victory for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party against all odds, remember she had a 99% chance to win, is essentially just another takedown of of Donald Trump and the conservatives because they understand what's happening. Now we've got a couple of fail states. Of course, we had Kellyanne Conway. Um, she's been noticeably absent in the midst of all this, not to mention they're not really targeting her. And I think uh, something should be stated about, you know, her uh, relationship with her husband, who is by and large not a fan of Donald Trump. But Kellyanne Conway was sort of the campaign organizer. Uh, the chief strategist, of course, was the chief strategist, of course, was Steve Bannon. So, you know, how far are they willing to go? How long? Uh, are they willing to spend upon this as whatever it takes to go ahead and get Donald Trump out and uh, make sure that you don't vote for him? So, you know, a lot of hay is going to be continuing to be made out of it. It doesn't seem to be slowing up as far as I see. And I think it will uh, reach its end right around Labor Day uh, during that time when everything converges and if we're in that 60 day time limit that they can leverage this uh, for the midterms throughout the rest of the country. Because we certainly know that based upon 
Joe Biden's approval ratings, his current ailments, whether they be just mental or mental and physical. I don't expect him to progress as uh, as comfortably as he expects. You heard that ridiculous statement he came out with yesterday, Dowd, and Joe Biden saying, yes, keep the faith. I'm like, oh, wow, what a complete foretelling of things to come. Keep the faith, like almost as if he's on his way out. I mean, nothing could be more Manchurian uh, candidate uh, than what Joe Biden has been uh, during his. And, and, and I got to say, the collusion amongst the media is, is in gen- generating all this stuff that is happening right now. It is really brilliant, uh, I got to say. Uh, their execution of this, um, top to bottom, I mean, this is well planned. There's probably a few people who are getting together often and coordinating and putting out the press releases. And this stuff, everything is propagandized. It doesn't matter if it's NBC, ABC, CBS all the various other bloggers that are out there on the left-hand side, they are burying us in their BS and people are buying it out. You know, Eddie, it's funny on the, on the, on the Bannon thing, the, the, the need by people on the left to continue to extend the jihad against Donald Trump. I, I, I'm, I'm forced back into a, what I used to ask years ago, even before the Trump phenomenon, when the left's uh, bet noir, as the, as the French would say, uh, you know, or their idée fixe, as the French might say, uh, both, both the idée fixe and the and the bet noir was was Rush Limbaugh. So we were told that John, Donald Trump, just just like Rush Limbaugh, buffoon, ignoramus, uh, entertainer, uh, just, just not not even you know worth their, anyone's time and attention. And yet, at the same time, Donald Trump also remains in their mind the greatest threat to the republic, destroyed American democracy, can't be allowed to ever come anywhere close to the White House again. So I'm still having a hard time squaring those 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 two perceptions that they have of, of Donald Trump. Are you contemptuous of Donald Trump as a joke or are you terrified of Donald Trump because he does have a constituency and uh, certainly given the numbers on your guy at the top of the food chain right now might well ride back into that White House. So uh, logic, uh, I, I, I've tried to wrap my brain around the way these people think, Eddie, and I'm still I just still can't get there. We used to think in terms of news cycles. We used to think in terms of, you know, we know within a four-year time frame, what more or less. It seems like we're consistently now, not just in a news cycle, but in an election cycle all the time. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the voter, and I think certainly, you know, the, the casual observer who, you know, might be paying attention, have to be fatigued at this back and forth. And I can only hope that they're so fatigued that they just absolutely you know, both the parties, but particularly the Democrats who have had control, have made bad things happen, and you can't even get it right. And, you know, there's a reason why I have less money in my pocket and why we're weaker as a country has more to do with them than the other side. So, you know, we can only hope for an increased level of apathy during this time. Um, the problem uh, becomes is when you have your actual people who are planning and strategists become the actual subjects of what's happening, then it weakens your resolve, I think, coming from the conservative side. Because if Steve Bannon can get hit, you know, who can't get hit on the right side of the aisle? And I think we got to pay more attention to, you know, the people who are who have been making the hay because uh, they're the ones that are being made hay of now. And a bad day for Bannon. I think that he should probably not appeal. It, uh, given the nominal impact, I think, to him and um, I think his reputation, I think this will be only emboldened the people who will want to get behind him. He certainly has done very well on America, Real American News. I think uh, the insightful, uh, his uh, ability to go ahead and, and convey a, a very unique and risky message from the conservative side, I think is appreciated by people who uh, 
like the likes of, you know, a Tucker Carlson or even, dare I say, our show, uh, Dowd. I, I think, you know, people who are creative out-of-the-box thinkers are really what conservatives uh, need. The traditional, you know, bang your drum, you know, conservative talking points, here's what I read today, here's what you need to know, and you hear it, you know, 21 hours after the day, uh, every single day after all the rest of the shows is not what people need right now. And Steve Bannon has been an original. In my opinion, he is the best bar none, including Tucker, on everything. And all you have to do is take the time to, to watch Real America's news and uh, to witness what this man has achieved. And it's not a good day, and something should be said about it. 550 that's 550-5500. Steve Bannon found guilty of the January 6th contempt of Congress trial as the, uh, anti, um, uh, the, the House Committee on Anti-American Affairs goes on. <laughs> Out and I continue my uh, reading on the Rosenbergs, and uh, I think if they could probably do what they did here after the Rosenbergs served in Sing Sing and then were executed, I think they would certainly do to every conservative, including none other than Donald Trump uh, here in the state. They've done it in other third world countries. I don't think it's uh, beyond the scope of what the uh, liberals would like to do to many conservatives uh, here in this country. Back after a quick break, when we return, more great talk here for a Friday afternoon. And coming up, of course, is the Espa Blotter as well. So wait for that for hour three. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here in the Kiva. Now, Dowd, I, I, I sort of 
wince and grimace uh, as I uh, decide to share this with you, because I have been called to jury duty uh, next week. Uh, That is correct. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a fact-finding mission on behalf of the state of New Mexico to see what they can find out about Eddie Aragon. (laughs) And uh, certainly, you know, they know everything that they need to know about me. Um, You know, they ask you to go ahead and provide all of the the various components uh, of uh, who you are and what you're doing. And under the uh, penalty of perjury, uh, by the way, if you uh, should answer any of these particular questions wrong, I would imagine that I would be the first to be prosecuted. I doubt that in the history of the state of Mexico, anybody has ever been prosecuted. But I think that if anybody could be a candidate, it could be me. Why wouldn't it? You know, I'm a threat on a number of different levels uh, to these people. I afflict the comfortable uh, every single day here in this uh, state. I think even uh, sometimes uh, doubt is like, oh, is that a bit too far? He oftentimes tells me that as well. But I don't have any problems, uh, you know, taking some of these risks. He gives me my juror ID. I got a jury homepage, uh, by the way. They match you up, uh, by the way, just in, just in case you want to know, for those of you who haven't been as fortunate as I have to be called up July the 25th to become a juror. It says, jury homepage, your name, address, change request is currently being reviewed by the court. Thank you. Oh, well, that's nice to see. If I have any questions, call the jury office, 841-8141. It says my sequester number is 219. What to expect? I'm in group 1002. I have a juror ID of 123. I don't know if I can share that, or even if I did, I wouldn't care if somebody stole that particular identity. You know what I mean? It says, uh, here's some of the questions, Dad, and I know that you're going to find this um, very entertaining. Um, to say the least. So uh, let's uh, kick it off right from the uh, very beginning. In which neighborhood and area do you live? Well, where did you find me, idiot? You found me at the place. You know where I'm at. Um, Albuquerque. Where else have you lived? Um, Albuquerque. What is your marital status? Single. Do you have children or stepchildren? Now, why why do they need to ask Mm, me any of these questions? Good point. What is going on here? Huh? What's my marital status? Do you buy organic produce? Uh, Oh, wait, it gets worse. Here we go. Do you have children? How many ages of your children? What is your occupation? What is your name of your current or most recent employer? I'm just wondering if they're allowing illegal immigrants to become jurors and why they're allowed to vote, but they don't also have to ask the very same questions. They can go to the human services department to get these services right during their unemployment times. You see where I'm going here? Uh, here we go. Will you need an imper- interpreter? Hell no. Well, for what? Are you guys going to be conducting uh, stuff in English and Spanish? Do you really have Spanish uh, speaking uh, jurors for something that's conducted completely in English? Wouldn't that skew things? Wouldn't that mess up a jury? Oh, here we go, Doug. Are you employed by the public schools, local government, or the state of New Mexico? Because these employees cannot be compensated by the court for their jury service. Oh, okay. Uh, legal and former names, please list all. All? That's what it says. Legal and former names. Okay. Let me continue. Gender. 
uh, does not give me the option for cisgender. I was oh, quite disappointed as you I'm know. Offended. Yeah, and not, not that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, birth year. Okay. Race not offered amongst race is Hispanic. Wow. I'm sure, Steve Chavez could help me uh, answer that one. I am offered um, a, a number of uh, beautiful offerings uh, across the. Uh, fruited racial plane of the United States of America, specifically New Mexico, to black African American, mm-hmm. uh, also included white, uh, also included Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander, oh, yeah. uh, American Indian, also offered, and Alaska Native, uh, Asian, offered as a choice, um, and then other. Hmm. No Hispanic, no Mexican American. I believe the state of New Mexico is 56 percent Hispanic, at least. Uh, yeah. Well, Eddie, when I get the, um, I, I've never had to do it. I think on a government form, but uh, online, when sometimes you have to answer those surveys just to read an article, mm-hmm. uh, I always, when it's the race question, I go to the bottom and I click other, and oftentimes a little box will pop up saying, you know, please specify, and then I put human uh, in in there, and uh, they probably uh, they probably don't like that human there. race. Yep. No. That's good. No, no, that's uh, don't be a what are you sarcastic? What do you mean? Well, yeah. your occupation, job title, and duties, doubt. Duties? Yes. Your occupation, job title, and duties. Please include all of it. I've seen Eddie Aragon uh, vacuum this wait, place. Wait, wait. I've seen him cl- you know, clean. Uh, <laughs> does, does everything have to be listed? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't know why a particular jury uh, pool needs to be asked all of these questions. It seems to me you're either asked to, um, you know, called in to jury duty and brought in. When I called the phone number, the lady was, you know, eager to speak with me, I should say. Um, and not sure why. She was rather enthusiastic about it. Your dates of employment. What? Why does anyone need to know about that? How many years of schooling have, have you completed? That's discriminatory. Well, what does that mean? Oh. Am I too smart to be on your jury? <laughs> well, why do you need to know the number of years in the schooling? Highest level completed degree. Wouldn't that be the question to ask? I mean, if you're actually smart, wouldn't you just ask uh, what's the highest level that you completed? It doesn't. Why, why, why did you need to know my educational level? Major areas of study. Why are you asking me if I majored and if I actually got a degree in my major? Or you just made your areas to, I mean, I studied all sorts of things. Uh, girls, beer, you know, popcorn, uh, football. Skipping uh, I don't know. class. You, you know, <laughs> skipping whatever. I major areas. What does that even mean? Uh, here we go. This is really interesting. Also, more questions coming for jury duty. Do you belong to or participate in any religious, civic, social, union, professional, fraternal, or recreational organization. Religious? That's Right there. All of this in the questionnaire coming from the state of New Mexico, jury duty questionnaire. Current political party affiliation. Whoa. I'm not kidding. It's right here. Whoa. It's in the jury uh, request for information document. What is your current political party affiliation? Republican. 
Have you or any member of your immediate family been the victim of a crime? What type of crime? You mean like at the store yesterday when I lost something and I don't know if I should report the crime because I didn't think I really lost something? Or are we talking about like uh, what type of crime am I being a victim of? Was it years? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what, what, what's the frame of reference here? <sighs> Have you or your immediate family member or an, any, ever been an agent, employee, or representative of an insurance company? <laughs> Have you or an immediate family member been a defendant in a criminal case? Have you or any member of have ever been employed by a court, law enforcement agency, jail, or prison, or any attorney's office? Do you have any physical or mental disability of which we need to be aware? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to complete the, uh, complete the questionnaire if I was, right? I'm completing the questionnaire. Are you presently, get this, HIPAA taking any medication which may affect your ability to serve as a juror? Are there any special accommodation services or assistance we can provide during your jury service? Is there any reason you could not serve as a juror? Well, I don't even know what the job description really entails. Is there any reason you could not serve as a juror? Is there anything else the court needs to be aware of concerning your ability to serve as a juror? Does anybody see anything wrong with any of this? And finally, as they respond, they tell me a number that I have to go ahead and call. In my opinion, I answer those straight up 100%. And I'm interested to see what comes back because, in my opinion, this is very discriminatory. I don't know that the state of New Mexico needs to know any or all of this or any of it at any point. And I think that all the people who are going to jury duties who have to go ahead and are being targeted. And guess what? I'm not the only person from the radio station who's recently been called the jury due. What are the chances amongst 12? Uh, talk show hosts on the radio station, myself and yourself included, Dowd, that three of those 12 talk show hosts have all been called to jury duty within the same month. Oh, boy. In, in a metro area of, uh, you know, almost a million people? Mm -hmm. uh, not high. Not high chances. I not high. Not high at all. That's what I thought. So um, what do you want me to say about uh, all that? Have you ever been called to jury duty, Dowd? Yeah, I did, a, I did a whole day, literally a whole day. I had to be there at I don't know, 6.59, and they kept us till after 5 in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. And I got called down to the, the, the court, uh, the, the, the room, the trial room, whatever the heck you call it. And, the, and I guess that we had too many that day or something, and I, I didn't end up getting drawn. But what stood out to me, this was the height of the CSI empire, uh, you know, when CBS had 13 CSI shows on. And the mm -hmm. judge just went in at length. It just, he was just exasperated. He said, you have to understand this isn't television. Don't expect to have uh, huge holographic images and recreations of the crime and DNA, you know, from uh, every, every square inch of the crime scene scrubbed for, you know, DNA. And he was, he just, he was just, he was a very angry man. I think he was perceiving that, that those TV shows were really uh, uh, undercutting the legitimacy uh, of, of the criminal justice system. but. 
Um, I just, uh, Eddie, I, it was the greatest work day of my life. Uh, 99% of that day was sitting in one place and I, I tore through about 150 page analysis of corporate welfare out in Michigan. And I just, I'll never forget the people. There were people sitting all around me who were called, had to be there at 7 a.m. like I did or 6 a.m. And they just sat and stared at the wall all day. And I thought, I, I, you, you know how to read? Could you bring, they had games and uh, little romance novels and Dean Koontz thrillers over in the corner. Wait, like wait, am I allowed to bring a phone? Will I be allowed to do my show? Will I be able to do any of these Ooh, things? You know? I'm pretty sure they said no, no electronics. Yeah, because I had a laptop hmm. then. And they, yeah. What is the penalty for skipping jury duty? And does anybody really want me on a jury anyway? <laughs> I mean, it's like, like wouldn't I mean, the, uh, the vulnerabilities to mind control and gaslighting, not to mention the Tremendous amount of charisma, which would be exuded upon said talk show, or from talk show host to people based upon. I mean, I would be literally convincing people, you know, of my position. I doubt anybody else would be able to. Well, folks, how would you like to have uh, be on a jury with with Eddie Aragon as the foreman, and it's a like six month complex murder trial, and, and Eddie Aragon's in charge? That that would be an interesting experience. My apologies, doubt. I lost you right there. I apologize, you there. Yeah, no, I was just wondering what it would be like if I were a juror or, or the listeners were jurors and Eddie Aragon was your foreman and it was a very complex, like six month long trial. That that would be uh, that would be interesting uh, with Eddie Aragon at the head of the table. That, that would be interesting. Yes. Well, and I don't think that I would be under any sort of uh, NDA. Uh, there's nothing that would prevent me from. I think conveying what I come to know about a particular case and mm. knowing uh, what I'm willing to talk about anyway on the air, well, wouldn't that also be um, concrete liability? So then I think it begs the question, if they knew all this at the outset, isn't there some level of targeting that's going on on behalf of the state of New Mexico to bring these people? How do you get called for jury duty? Isn't this one of those things where people are always asking, well, how did I get called for jury duty? How did I get selected? How did I get targeted? I think everyone asks these questions, right? Sure. I always thought it was MVD they get you with MVD, but uh, I, I don't know if that's true in New Mexico. I think it's true back in, in my home state. But uh, so, so don't ever yeah. register for a license or, or don't ever register your car, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you don't want to be called to, to jury duty. But that's that's a big risk. Yeah, I, I'd probably play, <laughs> yeah. play by the rules there. Yeah. I, I always planned, Eddie, if I ever really was co confirmed on the jury, um, you know, and then they go to voir dire where the, the, the opposing counsel do their peremptories. And then if they try to make a case that this juror's inadequate uh, or, or uh, you know, a not qualified, I, I was just going to say I'm prejudiced against all races. Um, and boom, I'm out. <laughs> you know, no, no. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, so, someone may give me a suggestion of, Acting enthusiastic about being in the jury, they will reject you. Ah, yes, I want to be here. Well, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. If I show up in a, what, what is the shirt that I would want to show up in that would, that would, uh, you know, definitely get me out of the jury? Mm, what do you think? Mm, I, like a support jury nullification in big letters. That would be uh, good. <laughs> uh, how about, how about Jeffrey Epstein didn't call oh, that, that would probably, They know, wouldn't let you in the building. <laughs> Oh, you think? Wouldn't that be discriminatory? Not allowing someone who's called for jury duty to complete his service, not potential allowing potential insurrectionists, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be the equivalent of? Yeah, I got to say that that would be the equivalent of uh, 
of uh, level of discrimination. And, and then, of, of course, instead of defending the defendant in all of this, uh, they'd be defending the courts uh, for their desire to get rid of me. So there you go. Um, I don't know. You, you could always say I could wear beam me up, Scotty. That's always a good one. So, something along those lines. Something that's a little bit out there. Uh, make affordable gas again t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Eddie, jury duty, I was informed they locate you by property tax, and this was 30 years ago. Um, let's see. No, they picked jurors from voter rolls. I mean, acting like they don't know who I am I think is, is kind of crazy. Let's see. What else we got? Um, that's it. Those are all the suggestions. If you got more, we'd love to hear them, folks. So, um, well, I think know, Eddie, you well, probably Eddie. could make a case that someone in the public eye being on a jury could be a distraction. I mean, if Paris Hilton were on your jury, uh, the, you know, the media constantly following her, uh, the other juries, jurors having to deal with that distraction, and you, you might be able to make a case that someone's sufficiently famous enough, uh, it would just be too much of a bother. Uh, and of course with Paris, you've got, you know, lo- the low IQ issue. So um, yeah, I-, I wonder how they handle that. I mean, surely your name comes up if you're rich and famous in, in New York and California. I wonder how the celebrities have to deal with that. Uh, let's go Brandon t-shirt. That, that could be good. That's a, that's a good, that's a good one to bring about. Um, there's a, uh, someone just sent me down an excuse form from the United States court oh. uh, for getting out of jury duty. This is interesting. Re- request for an excuse. Um, didn't know such a thing. Well, dear juror, you received a letter from requesting to be excused from jury service. Such requests must come from jurors themselves. Um, let's see. If you wish to be relieved of this responsibility, write a letter to the office requesting to be excused and setting forth your reason. Uh, in order to process your request, uh, you need a letter from your doctor telling us whether or not you'll be able to serve in the future. Um, let's see. We were, anyway, there's a whole excuse form that somebody has sent me. I didn't even know that that could happen. I thought I was required to report. I think maybe that's really all they wanted. Uh, other suggestions now coming into the Kiva, make Orwell fiction again. <laughs> yeah, so I doubt I doubt even the attorneys have read that stuff. So uh, MLG is a SOB t-shirt. That's a good one. Like that one. My T-shirt would read "Make Us Godly Again." That's from Rudy Grande. Of course, it would. Rudy, he's sweet. Uh, the strategists are using AI modeling with Cambridge Analytics type data sets. It's hard to stop their steamroller. The usual chinks in the armor: hubris, ignorance, constrained process, and profit. Trying to put square pegs in round holes. They will always apply maximum pressure and distraction. We need to stay emotionally strong, clear-headed, and goal-oriented. Um, so there you go. Anyway, all of that and a lot more. We'll take a quick break. Back to wrap the hour, and then you and me hang them high. Oh, that's the best one, Dad. Judge Roy Bean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it used to be sort of a rascally old western uh, shirt. <laughs> Uh, and I need to, maybe I could really smell bad if I walk in, Ooh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, maybe I go to uh, Spencer's and get some fart spray and spread it all over me. And your you emotional know, support could, rattlesnake bring with you, you know, because we do have to have our animals with us. So. Uh, I got to figure out some crazy jury duty get up. You know, I think that that would be good. And, uh, I don't know. I'm sure they, they would, uh, they would enjoy that. We'll take a quick break back to wrap the hour right here in the Kiva on AM 1600. K-I-V-A-B-Q.fm, and, of course, rockoftop.com. Yes, uh, we'll start out with the Risa. That's what I was supposed to start out with, but uh, I didn't do so. So there it is. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. 549, back and forth. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, burn out what it means. 
Uh, rejoinder the greatest comeback uh, I've ever read or witnessed in my life was there was a Christian conservative activist on Bill Maher's show, his old show on ABC back in the 90s, when he he called it politically correct. And then you had liberal comedian, liberal Hollywood person, liberal activist, liberal host versus one conservative. And he would call that polit- So four on one is Moonbat Fun, uh, the, the worst name show in the history of the world. At least he doesn't pretend to be balanced anymore. Uh, and so there was somebody from the Christian coalition and he said something about, you know, people aren't born gay. And the director, John Waters, was stand, was sitting right across from him. And, and the, the, the activist said, you know, people aren't born gay. And John Waters said, have you ever met Little Richard? Uh, it was the greatest uh, It was the greatest comeback. Uh, I, I will never top that in my entire life. Uh, just, yeah, is, uh, well, I actually do believe that. And, uh, yeah, but that is very funny. That is a good little uh, comeback. 550, more uh, comebacks uh, from our listeners uh, on this. Uh, more ideas for the shirt that I should wear in the jury duty. Jury duty shirts uh, make criminals hang again. Um, that won't happen. That is a good one. Make yourself dirty and speak Spanish. Tell them you just came over the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, show them your felony conviction, Eddie. Uh, don't have one, but if I did, sure, that's a certain way that you can uh, do that. Let's see. Wear a zoot suit and chatter incessantly in your best South Valley accent via stereotype. Do you think that would that might actually help me? 
you know. He's going to be sympathetic to his homies, you know, his buddies on trial. He knows him. Let's see. Um, and finally, uh, another one said, hang him high. So everyone seems to uh, like that. So we have the ESPA blotter that is coming up. What else we got in hour three, D-Dod Muskin? Uh, we actually have a spaceport update, but not a New Mexico spaceport update, a Georgia spaceport update. And our um, Secretary of State, uh, State Secretary of State, not not whoever, who's the Blinken, uh, works for the Biden administration, uh, has a, kind of a different a different job description when you're a Secretary of State at the state level, uh, not the federal level. She uh, testified. I guess she testified in Washington, or she testified via Zoom to Washington. Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, who I think is... Um, getting more and more absurd the more the more her career political career deepens uh, everything was, about her is being threatened as you know yes yes uh she's uh, uh and apparently if you believe the government is corrupt and leaders are not legitimate uh that I, I i believe that uh threats of physical violence and acts of intimidation have unfortunately begun to seem like acceptable responses uh which i don't support so uh she's trying to do what they're all doing which is tar anyone who disagrees with them with violent people and say that they're just potential terrorists or insurrectionists and Maggie, Maggie doing a good job for the democratic party uh, and the liberal movement in our country. <laughs> you are a father to two children that require you more than jury duty. Let's see a t-shirt or a laborer. That's pretty good. Uh, I like that. Um, yeah. Maggie Toulouse Oliver latest report. We'll touch upon this during our third hour. Toulouse Oliver says threats against election officials have actually increased, poor baby, as of course she's uh, constantly the victim. We'll talk about that and all the headlines and catch up on the rest of the week, uh, as well as the ESPA blotter, the latest in crime from your favorite city up north, the other city that you always pass through, Espanola. Thanks everybody for tuning in on AM2KB.
don't know that. Um, and he is actually one of my favorite 80s artists. Uh, I don't know that if anything is more timeless than uh, the music that he put out, uh, Building the Perfect Beast, and of course, you know, The Boys of Summer. It's, it, these are still hits, uh, I think, to this very day. Uh, Deed out Matka here in hour three with you and me, commercial free for a uh, free Friday here. Glad to be here with you. Uh, and uh, thanks, Eric, for uh, being there in the studio. I'm not sure how, how I'm coming out uh, via the phone, but I certainly am eager to listen to the sound checks. I've yet to do an air check on the phone, but I don't think it's too bad. I'm not getting any complaints, and people seem to like it, uh, given that it released on. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV. You won't see me, but you will see Doubt. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Audible Podcasting. Download the apps at uh, rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and uh, become a subscriber for less than 20 cents a day. And you don't have to download anything. Uh, and you can support the enterprise of uh, the ever-growing uh, Dowd Muska enterprise. Uh, more than 300-plus subscribers there daily, every day, uh, getting their news in their inbox. Let's get it to 400, maybe 500 here over the next couple of uh, months. And, folks, it really is. You are supporting local people who aren't giving you crap who think, who read, who are uh, getting through all the headlines. And if you're trying to sort of get it, uh, a free subscription, ain't going to happen. I don't care how close you are to us. Even the man who produces the show, uh, Eric, uh, or I should say turns the knobs on and off, he is going to be uh, queuing up the green onions from uh, Booker T and the boys uh, here this, this this afternoon during this third hour because we're going to be having the uh, Espa Blotter. Boy, I can't wait to get into the real Grande Sun Valley times. of have they continued to roll it out? Or are we playing the hits, the uh, oldies, but the goodies, Doubt? Uh, these are all fresh. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Very, very excited about this edition of the ESPA Police Blotter because, folks, <laughs> we're just mere moments away. The first time in the history of the ESPA Police Blotter on the Rock of Talk, 1600 AM, ABQ, Albuquerque, heard worldwide at rockoftalk.com. Check us out at rockoftalk.chat. A, an appearance by the chief executive of the United States. That is the first item in today's blotter. Uh, you're, 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 wow. You're just, you're, you're, you're going to be blown away by this appearance. <laughs> oh, wow. This is good. This is really good. Uh, uh, boy, a lot going on in Northern New Mexico, but it uh, seems like nothing's going on at all. What's going on up there? And that's Bob. Uh, APD shooting an armed maniac in the Northwest apartment complex. Let's cover the uh, links uh, of the day. You would have re received these. We'll give you a little preview of that. And doubt it was a great week for him. He's uh, embarking upon his 50th uh, uh, whirl around the sun here in this year, uh, completed uh, August of this next year. So uh, I think the jury's still out as to who is going to be taking uh, D-Dot Musket to the airport. Will he be arriving by a chauffeur? A lot of competition. Um, yeah, a lot of competition still up for that. So if you want to get in on that, we have yet to select the winner. Um, you can go to doubt at doubtmuska.com. He's likely to be a heck of a lot more responsive than I am uh, on that. And, and by the way, he's the one that's going to choose. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and you, just like you're meeting D. Doubt Muska, D. Doubt Muska got to uh, uh, meet one of his, uh, I think, um, role models. And that, of course, was Harrison Schmidt. I got to say, Dowd, you probably went into that KRQE article to find out what Larry Barca uncovered, and uh, that's going to be one that you're going to be keeping in, in the uh, annals of uh, your archives that's, forever. That's in the, in the, in the archives, in, in, in the historical record forever. And just can you imagine that maybe Tim Keller would be petty and bitter 
over uh, no. not giving an honor no. to somebody in the other political party. I have such a hard time believing. Do you think that's what it was? Like, I have to ask you after, you know, looking at this, do you really think that's what it was? Was it just the fact that he was a Republican? (sighs) You know, what else could have prevented, you know, Harrison Jack Schmidt from, you know, getting his $130,000 monument uh, dedicated to him by none other than Tim Keller? Uh, What what, what could have prevented that? But but, but as I said, you know, we, we ran the numbers yesterday, this excuse that, oh, it would block, you know, the flow uh, at a time when we were down and still are down by millions of passengers in terms of the the boardings uh, count at the Sunport, it just doesn't hold water, Eddie. I mean, I'm willing to believe that there's a third option, but uh, you know, it just it just sounds it just smells and smells and smells. Could it have been maybe Richard Branson, maybe Bill Richardson? You know, possibly somebody else out there mm-hmm, who mm-hmm, could have mm-hmm. you know maybe said, "Hey, you know, we don't like the we don't like the optics here." Are, are are the Democrats that petty? I mean, you know, if you have a response on that, we'd love to hear as to uh, why. Well, Harrison, Eddie, I, 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 would, Schmidt, I would just say, sure. that, but I didn't have uh, yesterday, but I do have the fact now. Uh, there is a Harrison Schmidt Elementary School in the great Grant County, you know, down in the uh, the southwest portion of the state where uh, Silver City is, where, of course, he grew up, uh, a county that uh, is fascinating. Uh, copper mining down there. It seems like there would be, it would be a good you know, rock ribbed red Republican County, but of course it's the home of Howie Morales and it tends to vote rather blue, but there is a uh, first grade through sixth grade Harrison Schmidt elementary down there in Grant County. Will we ever have a Michelle Lujan (laughs) statue ever erected? (laughs) That's the question. Will there ever be a, uh, I know we have a bill in Melinda, whatever Richardson, uh, you know, hospital and we have that wing even though the two haven't probably, you know, sort of populated any sort of uh, sexual congregation in the last 30 years. That doesn't mean that Bill hasn't. uh, Or, you know, we have um, various other um, political, as you mentioned, Howie Morales. Will they have the Howie Morales uh, honorary field or, you know, uh, school? Like, I think we should ask who and what and where. Um, Because as most communist countries go, we know that they oftentimes have, you know, pictures that are hanging in the dining rooms or in the halls or, you know, in the restaurants or in the public places. I mean, this is something that all these people aspire to have at, at one point or Eddie, another one in of the, their political the, careers. One of the scrapbooks that were, was kept by my mother's side of the family during the war, the, the, I know you young ones don't know what I'm talking about, but there was this big conflict in the late 1930s and early 1940s called World War II. And the first page of the, one of the scrapbooks was a huge, you know, maybe bigger than eight and a half by eleven picture of FDR. Uh, you know, that uh, one, one of uh, my grandparents and I probably didn't see eye to eye on that. But uh, yeah, the political heroes list. Um, I don't know, maybe uh, Michelle was special section at the Rattlesnake Museum in Albuquerque. I, I don't know. Oh, 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 that's a good one. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Summers could arrange for that. Uh, he's very close with the Rattlesnake Museum. All right, let's hit the top 10 links. APD shoots armed maniac in Northwest Apartment Complex. What's going on over there on the north side, on the west side? What's happening? I don't know. I'm, we're we're going to get the, the word from Murder Mike next week. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that you don't hear the words mani- the word maniac anymore in a headline, but uh, ABQ Raw decided to go old school for that one. According to this, Seven Bar Ranch Apartments, uh, the reason why I call attention to that, because that, of course, is the very same apartment complex that uh, one Victoria Martin was located at 
uh, around 3.30 p.m., according to the report from ABQ Raw, and they have staff. I like how they always say ABQ Raw staff. <laughs> Nobody has any names over there. We're involved in a shooting with an armed suspect at the Core Vistas at Seven Bar Ranch Apartments. Now, that is just below the substation, or just above the substation, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Murder Mike was talking about yesterday. So uh, this uh, just published in the last uh, 24 hours, obviously based upon Murder Mike going to air with this. So ABQ Raw must have been listening and must have been rushing down to that. One's the reason why I wanted to start out here. So see, we're feeding these guys, and it's not just, oh, look, there's the latest. No, we were on top of this before anybody. A neighbor called about uh, to call 911 about a male and a female involved in a fight inside the apartment complex. At some point, the male left the apartment where the female was and fired a shot at her, but apparently missed. The man also allegedly shot at other residents within the complex. The uh, sergeant tried to locate the male suspect, did confront the male, and a single shot was fired at the male suspect, killing him. Uh, according to ABQ Raw, they noticed a few rearranged police officers on the scene as well. They also uh, went down, took pictures of what was gone uh, over there. Um, <clears throat> when we reached out to their PIO, they stated the rearranger PD was not directly involved in the incident or the investigation. Uh, so it's funny how uh, there's communications between the Albuquerque Police Department uh, and their PIO and ABQ Raw, which is consistently trying to expose, you know, the Albuquerque uh, Police Department. But as far as Murder Mike, on behalf of the Kiva, which is a respected and well-known radio station, we can't get any uh, interfa interfacing at all with the PIO of the Albuquerque Police Department. Hmm, I wonder if that's because a certain station owner decided to run for mayor against their mayor. The Rancher PD was not directly involved. Nor the investigation, our RPD officers assisted with traffic control only in the scene security until enough Albuquerque resources arrived on scene, according to the Rear Rancho PD, Jacqueline Reedy, in the write-up in ABQ Raw. This is ABD's fifth officer-involved shooting that was resulted in the death for 2022, so these are considered, quote-unquote, justified. Multi-agency task force investigates the shooting, forward the report to the district attorney for any related charges. I don't know what they would be or why that would be even inferred. ABQ Raw noticed the suspect's deceased body. There was a holster. There's literally a picture of the deceased body on there that is blurred out on his torso, and he was handcuffed for policy even though he was clearly deceased. Ooh, look at ABQ Raw with the skewing. Witnesses said he fired shots within the apartment complex at residence before officers had arrived. Farm was located by police near the suspect. So interesting that ABQ Raw could... Uh, get a, and they included a picture of the homicide, even though it clearly is not a homicide uh, that is there. Um, if you're a member of something called Patreon, do you know what that is, Dowd? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a payment system. Uh, it's a way for online content creators to just be paid. Uh, I think they might do a subscription service, or it might be just like a one-time, uh, one at a one at a time shot. A lot of content creators on the web will just say, you know, go to my Patreon if you want to support the work I do. So it's just a way of getting money. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna. I just clicked the link. I went directly to it. And um, is ABQ Raw now selling um, the not safe for work videos for a price? Mm. And is and is that legal? Well, according to this, it says ABQ Raw is creating local journalism that tells the truth. Become a patron tier. Support ABQ Raw five dollars per month. Unlock this post by becoming a patron. Is that even legal? Can they legally lift from a crime scene and then turn around and charge uh, for the actual photos? I mean, certainly Albuquerque Journal uh, can do that. But 
I think it brings into sort of an ethical dilemma sure. uh, amidst all of this sure. is whether or not uh, this thing can actually be put out there, uh, given that it's still a quote unquote pending investigation and then it's uh, paid for personal benefits. I think uh, that's, that's certainly questionable, isn't it? Yeah, something for us to look into, Eddie. I think you're right. Uh, legitimate question. Yeah, so just, and I think if we answer that question for them, and I know that they're listening, um, I think it will certainly help them out because they certainly don't want to, them to get into legal trouble. In my opinion, they provide a good service. Uh, they do things that other uh, news organizations do not. I don't consider them partners by any stretch of the imagination, but I like the information that they do do. Uh, I know that they did an awful lot of work on behalf of one Manuel Gonzalez uh, during his uh, campaign. Uh, these are the same people that helped uh, film the former uh, Albuquerque police chief, uh, Geyer, and his endorsement and did a bunch of uh, puff pieces for Geyer in trying to help um, uh, one at Manny Gonzalez during his uh, particular um, run for mayor, if you could even call that. Uh, 550-5500, if you want to text in. Hi, Eddie, listening. Murder Mike says, yes, they can. They did the same thing with my Facebook page, uh, Albuquerque Metro News. Not sure what uh, that... Um, fragment of a sentence means from murder mike but there you go uh let's see i would like to see their pictures at the post office i'm assuming that that is the pictures of the politicians um i believe the new mariachi stamp is out d down oh yes uh eddie just wear a trump red t-shirt you won't be selected <laughs> or the hat <laughs> yeah or yeah, or the hat make america great again yeah i got a text right now it says they they cannot charge for um that that's literally what just came up right now um yeah murder mike set up a patreon account um and he doesn't charge for what he is doing you can't do it you cannot charge for um photos like that without being a quote-unquote legitimate news source so uh would be considered uh, exploitative uh, a pornography of a different sort so little little something there for you to know so um becoming a uh, patreon of that uh 550 regarding the schmidt statute perhaps keller is a closet flat earther i'm not really sure what that means but uh, whatever we're, we're, we're talking about there all right uh unm site improvements at central and gerard begin oh in the neighborhood just down the street uh they're down also unfounded fears of voter frauds for a new resolution in sandoval county now a couple days ago uh, D. Don Muska also uh, included uh, something else from the paper. Is uh, Pat Davis's uh, rag uh, at ebq.news something that people should follow, Dowd? Do you find this <laughs> credible, legitimate? Uh, what, what is well, your Well, you know, sometimes on, I put in links to, to, to sort Pat of illustrate Davis. what the left is up to in, in, in our state. Uh, don't, 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 don't ever assume I'm endorsing any link that I put in there, but... Uh, yeah, they're okay. you know they, they I guess there's been a couple of uh, resolutions passed. I think must have started in Otero County. Uh, you know, just kind of basic uh, election integrity stuff. And and of course, to the left, anything uh, that, that that lends any credence to the idea that our elections are anything other than perfect is makes you part of the January sixth insurrection. So uh, oh, not, no, no surprise to see Pat Davis seizing on this. Sandoval County Manager, uh, interestingly enough, and former mayoral candidate uh, circa. 20, I believe, what was that, 15, 6, I don't know, 2017, Wayne Johnson, Wayne Grow, introduced a resolution to the board at the June meeting stating that the county currently has no direct say over the application of laws within Sandoval County. The resolution will be part of a legislative package to give to our lobbyists, to give our legislators and the governor and the secretary of state to request the changes to the current election code. Jay Block, 
a Republican who voted for in favor of the resolution said he didn't think the proposals were extreme in any manner, and instead can call, pro, call the proposed changes common sense. Voter ID is so simple, people. You need an ID. Everyone favors it. If you don't favor it, there's really seriously something wrong. It's just unbelievable. I certainly agree with Jay as well as uh, Wayne Johnson, all this. Um, but I can tell you, I think the state laws are going to trump it. Uh, it's almost worthless to introduce such a, a thing, uh, at the, even at the county level. Dow, do you see? Do you think that there's any way through this? Yeah, uh, I mean, if I, the state law supersedes uh, what's happening at the I, county I'm level. generally a skeptic of when local governments pass these kind of re- resolutions because they tend to have no control over these things. Uh, I think Wayne Johnson said uh, he's not wrong when he said this. This will be part of our. Uh, lobbying package uh, to to tell the legislature what we care about here in this county, but you know I don't believe that governments should be involved in lobbying, so we can leave that issue aside. But uh, the idea that you uh, are passing a resolution saying drop boxes are a bad idea, we need to remove inactive voters from the voter rolls, uh, picture ID. Uh, I, I know in, in Pat Davis's world that makes you an insurrectionist. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm just a little old libertarian policy analyst, and I have no problems with any of those election integrity measures. I think they're entirely reasonable. In a, in a uh, county commission uh, setting, however, it is pretty much a waste of time. I yeah. think it's more yeah. of a, a show. It's to illustrate that, yes, we are against it. And I think it's more political uh, seeing that nothing can uh, be achieved. Uh, county commission declaring a flooding disaster. Northern New Mexico Integrated Security awarded a five-year subcontract. Good for them. Invest with them. Providing protective services at Los Alamos. Uh, look, Los Alamos is already protected. It's protected by a hill and a bunch of people uh, who all think one way, and nobody ever wants to go up there for any reason at any time. Trust me. Um, by the way, I do understand that that radio station that is at the top of the hill, KRSN, will no longer be um broadcasting noise. There's somebody who is actually interested in buying it. It looks like it's going to be uh, potentially a uh, Hispanic station uh, for a city that is hmm, 92% white, I think is what it is. (laughs) I'll I'll look at the census numbers right now. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think I'm exaggerating, but I wonder how that's going to go. Uh, (laughs) just, Just throwing that out there. Uh, the legacy of a South Pueblo poet traced through what he touched. Toulouse Oliver says threats against election officials have increased. Seems to be uh, all election all the time. The KUNM 89.9. Um, this by Alice Fordham, she writes. Maggie Toulouse Oliver told the Committee on Homeland Security on July 20th that she believes threats against election officials have amplified since 2020. Uh, I believe that she is the chair. She's the head nationally of the secretaries of national secretary of state, just like the uh, governor was head of the Democratic Governors oh, Association. <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe that she actually holds that title either did or does now. Boy, she is, um, my God, look at that photo of her. She's an alien. Um, not, not a very attractive one either. The secretary said last month that three threatening phone calls against her were referred to the FBI. Uh, it's amazing how the phone calls uh, that ostensibly are coming towards the politician, uh, but any threats against actual candidates, particularly on the right-hand side, are oftentimes never investigated. <laughs> how many times did that happen to me? Yeah, never investigated. Well, Eddie, you, in New York State, you can actually uh, try to stab a candidate, and then you can be let out on your own recognizance the next day. That's what we experienced today. <laughs> yeah, Lee Zeldin. Uh, this was quite the story, um, and uh, I believe that 
Uh, Lee made it out okay, thank God. Yep. Uh, the Republican candidate for New York governor, assaulted by a man who apparently tried to stab him at a, with a small scrape but wasn't seriously injured. He, he had a small scrape at an upstate uh, New York event. The head of state Republican Party chair said the congressman got a small scrape but wasn't injured. Zeldin said in a statement he was able to grab the attacker's wrist, as you heard at the top of the hour, and stop him for a few moments until others tackled him. His campaign to the attacker was taken into custody, and the congressman continued his speech. He's challenging incumbent Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul this November. I wonder if charges uh, will be pressed. Uh, back to Toulouse Oliver. Um, <clears throat> Toulouse Oliver said she's worried in an increasingly difficult environment that election workers might resign. Uh, folks, the entire state of New Mexico is dominated by Democrats. I don't know what they uh, happen to be fearful of. Um, uh, I fear that these threats, coupled with the general vitriol online and in the media, I suppose that is, she's describing me, directed at all aspects of our elections. Uh, folks, you did cheat, and you know you did, and we can't look or call attention to it. Even Janice Arnold-Jones is defending uh, Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, uh, by the way, D-Dowd Muska, oh at the Bernalillo County GOP morning meetings, as she did this morning, uh, will cause them so much stress and uncertainty that they will simply not want to work anymore. In answer to the questions, he said election officials in New Mexico now work more closely with police and military. Ooh, military. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Dowd, your new election officials work now with the military of the state of New Mexico to try to combat threats, including cyber threats. Uh, I don't believe any of this hyperbolic mumbo-jumbo coming from Maggie Toulouse-Oliver. I think they're putting it out. Um, uh, this particular report, uh, according to KUNM, was made possible by the uh, very conservative Uber right-wing W.K. Kellogg Foundation and KUNM listeners. So there you go. More propaganda coming at you. Folks, don't trust any of this stuff. It's all fake, uh, every last bit of it, uh, including Re Rep Representative Stansbury votes to protect access to contraception nationwide. That happened a little bit uh, earlier in the week uh, as well with her protection of gay marriage, yet we still don't know anything about uh, Melanie Sansbury, Dion Muska, who she, who she hangs with, uh, I'm sure, being a human being. Maybe she's only a robot. I don't know. Um, but if she is a human being, we don't know which way the uh, gate to her uh, garage door opens. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I, Eddie, I can't – sometimes I have to stand in awe – of what the progressive left is is capable of <laughs> is, is I do have my issues with the right, but I mean, these people, we, we, we went into great depth yesterday on her complete lie and the Democrats complete lie that uh, Republicans are targeting interracial marriage. So the press release yesterday, uh, uh, July 21st, she said it wasn't enough for them to spread this nonsense that Republicans are coming for your interracial marriage. The new one is, Oh, they're going to uh, deny you contraception. So if you're, you're scoring at home, it's HR 8373 and uh, Lonely Girl. Uh, she's a co-sponsor. Uh, the, the wow. Bill, uh, and of course, this is uh, another step. Uh, I don't think she called the Supreme Court a renegades. What did she say? Uh, the activist conservative majority uh, didn't just overturn reproductive rights. It made clear the right to privacy and the right to access to contraception are in danger. Uh, that claim exists only in the mind of people like uh, Lonely Girl, not in objective reality. So this is the latest bill drafted to, uh, I guess, desperately try to hang on, you know, cut, cut, cut their losses to as little as possible and scare, you know, young women in our country that the evil Republicans, uh, first they came for your abortions, next they're going to come for the guy in the other race that you want to marry, then they're going to come for your contraception. Uh, Eddie, it's, um, 
<laughs> make make Orwell fiction again is uh, a good a good phrase here. Why are they uh, proposing legislation for contraception since most of what they protect has to do with homosexuals, transgenders, et cetera, et cetera? When do these uh, people care so much about heterosexual people uh, and uh, you know think about their reproductive rights as well? Sure, sure. And the, well, the other element here is there's a left-right consensus. You don't you know you don't see this happen very often, but there is a movement toward uh, getting, uh, you know, the, the, the pill, the pill from the 1960s, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, take away the, you know, the, the mandate that you have to have that uh, prescribed from a doctor to make it over the counter. A lot of folks on the left want this. A lot of folks on the right want this. I, I'm a libertarian and I want it too. So if anything, uh, the trend is toward easier access to contraception in the United States. And this woman is completely shameless. She lives in a world that is just, uh, as Fraser Crane asked many years ago, what color is the sky in your world, Melanie? Because uh, it, it has no uh, connection to the world I recognize. You know, Melanie uh, Sansbury, Ben Ray Lujan, and the rest of the, well, we have no idea what they do with their kibbles and bits and their beans and franks. Uh, I think they should go ahead and decide to go ahead and hand over the, that part of their body entirely over to the government since they're increasingly interested in one thing and one thing only, and that has to do with what, uh, lies south of the equator mm. on everyone's bodies and how it interacts and interface with each other. It's really base. It's really not important. Nobody cares about it, uh, yet they seem completely and totally fixated upon it. And until both uh, or either of them come clean about where they put their stuff and where they place their junk, I think that they should uh, prevent themselves. And we have a right to know. If they have a right to get inside our bedrooms, we have every right in the world to get inside theirs, and I'll leave it at that. 550 500. I think that was well stated, Don. I was very happy with Gracias. that. Uh, Lujan legislation to uh, strengthen the land-grant uh, communities uh, clears the committee. Uh, speaking of uh, aforementioned uh, Ben Ray Lujan, uh, seems to me he's going the traditional route. He's keeping it with his people. According to uh, the Energy and the Natural Resources, they passed a legislation introduced by Ben Ray. He's a good boy to provide the consultation between the federal government and the land-grant communities. According to the reports, land-grant Mercedes Traditional Use Recognition and the Consultation Act recognizes community land-grants as an important part of the culture and the history of the state of New Mexico. You know what they used to do with homosexuals uh, back in the 18 and 1900s in Hispanic communities? Different scene. Uh, you, might want, you, know, you, different might, you might want to read about it. As a member of the House of Representatives during the 116th, Senator Lujan passed similar legislation through the House to make it easier for land grants to work with the federal land management agencies. New Mexico land grant communities enrich the fabric of New Mexico culture and history. Now, the federal government must prioritize the consultation with the land grant communities to ensure their voices are heard and respected, said Lujan. Having worked on this issue for decades, I was proud that this legislation receives a strong support in committee. I'm hopeful we can pass this legislation into law, representing the most meaningful land-grant legislation in generations. Oh, you know, it's time to go ahead and round up them Hispanics to vote for the Democrats every time they start talking about land-grants. And uh, here we are once again in 2022. They love to play the hits, and this is what they do. This is your land, Tierra Muerte. They uh, overplay their Hispanic roots because the Democrats are starting to lose. Uh, I think their grip on uh, traditional Hispanic values, given how far left that they have shot over. That's the play that I see here politically. That's what Lujan is doing. And uh, 
uh, folks, uh, this like in the face of all of the tr traditional Hispanic cultures, this does not uh, stand up. And finally, Martin Heinrich is a bill to authorize investments in early childhood education in New Mexico, uh, passing unanimously out of committee with bipartisan support. So uh, there you go. More money uh, pre-K uh, uh, pre uh, coming in the state of New Mexico. I got to say, we have the best, the, the, the highest number of uh, pre-K um, <laughs> funding that, that we have ever seen. Yep. Where does it all go, Dow? That, that would be a great <laughs> expose someday to, to get from an investigative reporter like Larry Barker as he traces the money for pre-K. I think that would be something. Well, we, we know where it doesn't go, and that is to improve student performance. Uh, Bill Richardson, Big Bill, back in 2006, when New Mexico had very light, other than the federal Head Start program, you know, very light amount of, of public spent, taxpayer spending on preschool, uh, we have gone all out for the last decade and a half. And funny thing, we're, we, we still end up being 49th or 50th kicking around on child well-being. Doesn't really look like the preschool funding is uh, achieving much, does it? It does not. All right. Uh, Eric's ready to queue up the green onions. We're ready to hit the Espa blotter, bro. What's up? We got a couple of... Uh, Oh, there it is. Wow, he he didn't even hesitate. Uh, we got a couple of new subscribers. All we had to do was ask out, and uh, there we go. We got a couple of new subscribers here during our show. Well, so let's keep asking. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, we'll just... <laughs> we're not asking enough. Uh, Dowd uh, has always prepared this Espanola blotter. I read it uh, as it comes in. Uh, that is uh, it. Oh, wait, am I ready for this? Uh, I'm looking for the Espanola blotter. Uh, yes, uh, there it is. The new Espa blotter. As Dowd sends it to me, he writes on the top, whenever it's needed, bro. <laughs> the police blotter is published to give the readers an abridged look at the criminal activities in their community and in their neighborhoods. It's only an illustration of what local law enforcement has to deal with around here. Funded by the taxpayers, and it must deal with daily throughout the Espa Valley. Espanola Valley officers, OK, Awinge Tribal Police, the Rio Riva County Sheriff's deputies, and the state police responded to the following calls. Here we go. 10.22 p.m. Am I, am, I, am I live? Am I live or is it Memorex? Bro, you're good. Hey, go for it. I'm, I'm going. 10.22 p.m. Anistan Filiagonino, street caller, wants his vitals checked because his neighbors are harassing him. The officer then responded that the man's vitals were checked and the man wants to do a follow-up with Joe Biden. Hey, he's in town. I hear he's down the street. He's going to check my vitals. No, he's bad. Democrat for Vida. 8.14 a.m. A Kaya Loma caller requested a man who might be high on something be removed because, hey, woman, let me sleep. I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm trying to get some Mimi snow. 11.24 a.m. A bond house caller said a truck carrying items from a construction site is doing donuts over there in the dirt. Why? It's ruining the roads. People got to drive, you know. 5.36 p.m. A Fairview Sonics caller reported a man exposed his penis to the employees. See, that's a big gulp. That was a bad joke. What do you want me to say? <laughs> we don't even have 7-Eleven here Eric anymore. Like that one. Yeah. They, sh they shut them all down. 6.41 p.m. A Calle de Vallas Española call reported the young kids are in a truck. They're destroying the area and mud bugging. Hey, stop mud bugging. Me, 
me and my cousins, we're going to go hang out and go mud buggy. I come from a different culture, folks. Could you explain the mud bugging to me? I'm a little unaware of that. I don't know. It sounds great, though. What a great idea. Mud bugging. I'm going to go get my special jeans on so I can go mud bugging. 4.59 p.m. A Rio del Oso street in Chama called a reporter. A man is trying to fight her boyfriend. She said the officers let the man run the town. And they're all scared of him. <laughs> Always love the conspiracies in Espanola. <laughs> the officers let the man. He, they, he runs the town now. He's the main boss. 1.46 a.m. E, that's early. A Lobo San Pedro road caller reported a 30-year-old woman claims to have been stabbed. Claims. The caller said it looks like a scratch or a road rash, and the woman is all pedal. 3.39 a.m., a lower San Pedro road caller reported her cut hurts, and it's burning. I need a band-aid. Medics were canceled because it was determined the woman was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is drunk. What are we going to do? 8.38 a.m., a regional transit district office caller said over the weekend, Someone stole a generator and a belt sander. Ooh, big money, huh? Especially with the cost of power. 6.29 p.m. South Orchard caller said a man is kind of drunk and screaming and yelling. The caller said, he's such a pervert. What's he yelling about? Stop touching me. Don't touch me there. Don't touch my hotspot. 1.30 p.m. A Fairview Lane caller reported a gun might be stolen. But he's not sure. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I thought I saw it around here. I had a gun. I don't know. I don't know what kind it is either. But I'm not sure. 9.43 p.m. Hernandez caller said a 20-year-old woman locked herself in the bathroom and is banging her head against the wall and threatening to hurt herself. Stop it. Stop being so stupid. 9.39 p.m. A Walgreens caller said a male employee was talking to a woman and told her, it's okay to rape a 16-year-old. The responding officer told the man to be more professional. No. <laughs> it's not an HR problem. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> Walgreens, you've got to talk to corporate. You can't be telling people that it's okay to rape a 16-year-old. No. That's not cool. 6.59 a.m. A Fairview Lane caller reported her car was stolen, and if law enforcement doesn't find it, she's going to X. Up. The officer that responded said the caller wouldn't answer the door, but her vehicle, it's parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> 7.29 a.m. You can't make this stuff up. This is only... I I'm, only not the, I'm not that creative. I'm not that creative. You can't be that creative. Nope. 7.29 a.m. A Lopez Lane caller said, the little guy in a PT Cruiser is threatening people and yelling at them. He said he seems really high. <laughs> 4.23 p.m. A Dixon co-op caller said they were robbed at gunpoint by a short man with a ski mask. Same guy? Maybe. 8.47 a.m. A man called the Rio Riva County Sheriff's Department to report his vehicle is stolen. Let's see how this goes. He said he lent it to a friend who took it to a party in Alcalde. The friend got drunk, gave the keys to another man, and when he went back to the vehicle the next day, it was gone. Well, of course, he gave the keys to the other man. Why don't you ask him? Stop asking the police. Police, please. 5.30 p.m. A South Orchard Lane caller said her grandfather hit her in the face with a cane. <laughs> Violent. <laughs> police determined the caller was very drunk and told her to call back when she's sober. They got to stop selling the crank and the alcohol in uh, in Española. There you go. You stop 80% of these calls. 
6.14 p.m. A Santa Clara dispatcher told Bolo, be on the lookout now for a white vehicle from which a driver threw a Smirnoff bottle and was driving recklessly. <laughs> Viva Putin! Smirnoff. Smirnoff. 725. Is, uh, is Smirnoff Ukrainian or Smirnoff uh, Russian? There's, a, there's this argument going on. I mean, I, I'm sure the astute drinker in Biber and Espanola would know the answer to that. 7.25 p.m. A Main Street in Chama caller requested a welfare check on a shoeless man who's passed out in the bushes. Every single person is drunk in Espanola. 3.46 a.m. A Fairview Lane caller said, there's shady characters across the street at the church. Maybe they're just getting up early to pray for you and all the drunk people. 1.04 p.m. A North Central Solid Waste caller said, Someone legally dumped trash in the yard. Illegally. <laughs> she found receipts and other documents with a name on them and had screenshots from the post. <laughs> the person made on social media said he's going to dump his trash in there. Oh, boy. There's nobody that can stop you like somebody from Espanola. Suddenly, they got a PhD in social media once you mess with them and their family. They're getting TikToks. They're getting <laughs> Facebooks. They're getting Instas. 5.55 p.m. A Murphy's Express caller reported a man outside is threatening employees and saying he's going to burn the building and stab them all. Ooh. Which order? Bad. Kind of early. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to burn everybody and stab them. <laughs> Sounds like cooking more like. <laughs> 9.34 p.m. A Santo Nino Lane caller said people are living in a field and she confronted them, all of them. Now they're circling her house like crows. 9.50 p.m. A Wendy's caller said a woman is passed out and possibly overdosing. Medics determined she was not overdosing. Uh, she was just drunk, too. Oh, the number drunk. of... Is everyone drunk in this, in this report? <coughs> Here we go. 2.47 p.m. A Hacienda Home Center caller reported an ex-employee keeps going by and harassing the caller and threatening him. He also said the man leaves crosses at his house. Maybe he's a nice guy. Religious man. I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. 3.08 p.m. An Espanola hospital caller said a man took off from the hospital and left his ankle monitor behind. Frequent, frequent. <laughs> Will he come? Can you tell him to come get it? He left it here. 3.27 p.m. A center market caller said a woman was shot in the forearm and is bleeding a lot of blood. She needs that forearm. She's got to go ahead and, you know, stick some more up there later. 4 p.m., a Rutheran caller. Never heard of Rutheran. What's Rutheran? Reported a man who looks like he was just released from jail. He's trying to wave down. Cr- <laughs> what does it look like to be a man who just looks like he was released from jail? Like you're running on. around in a black black or white print stripes, right? That's what I, said. I think he was just released from jail. <laughs> Do they still dress people? He's in got that, that chain with Maybe. the ball on it still around his ankle. <laughs> How do you know it wasn't a rodeo clown? I mean, come on. It's 11 p.m. A Dollar General in Espa, no longer the dollar, they call it a $2 general, said a man is pacing back and forth in front of the door and shining the lights inside the business. I think he's about to rob us. 11.24 p.m. A County Road 1 in Hernandez caller reported, children are throwing eggs at passing vehicles. They start that sounds early. like the best clean, yeah, the best clean fun I've heard. That's actually a pretty decent. That sounds healthy for one. Useful anything, exuberance. Yes, absolutely. Getting a little bit of the, 
you know, rascal out of them. You got to do that. 2.41 a.m. A lower San Pedro Road caller said someone took her wallet. She called back and said she doesn't feel good and she can't breathe. An officer spoke to the woman and told her to sober up. And then she can file the report. <laughs> if she remembers. I think the police are now relying upon us to embarrass and ridicule the local population because they're all drunk. And they're like, we're going to write you up, report it to Eddie and Dowd, and then uh, we'll we'll make sure you don't call again. We're, we're going to embarrass part. We're doing you. Our part. That's right. We're helping fighting crime. 7.47 a.m. Ozzy and the home center caller reported there's a disgruntled employee in the lumberyard. <laughs> He's going to start swinging the wood. <laughs> we need to regruntle him. 8.24 a.m. A lot of burgers. No. A lot of burger managers said a man is sleeping on the sidewalk in the sleeping bag, and he wants him removed. Uh, you think he's drunk? Eric, what, what do you think? You think the man sleeping in the sleeping bag on the sidewalk is drunk? What do you think? Nah. Can't nah, be. not drunk. 12.54 p.m. A Santonino Lane caller reported man is setting stuff on fire. It's no different than firing eggs at neighbors. Uh, that seems to be probably better than uh, anything else. 1 p.m. A caller said a driver flashed a gun at near the Dreamcatcher Cinema because she was going too slow. (laughs) 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 You're going too slow. If you don't drive much faster, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, Debbie Reynolds Insurance Caller, 2.22 p.m. Said her tires were slashed. What did she do? She must have been cheating. She's a skeezer, right? What they call those? 7.04 p.m. A Fairview Lane caller reported a woman is breaking windows at her house. The caller said she's going to kill the effort. <laughs> she calls in the her own uh, sort of preemptive strike on her husband. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> a McDonald's caller at 8.40 p.m. wants to report a dangerous person. The caller's receiving threats from this person, and he's talking about shooting up a school. Ooh, that, that, that's bad. Except school's not in session, bro. <laughs> 9.21 p.m., a Taco Bell caller reported a man is at the entrance, waving his arms and asking for money. <laughs> what, for a 99-cent taco? It's probably just homeless. 8.05 p.m., a Walgreens caller reported two women are fighting in the parking lot. And there's 10 vagrants standing around them watching. <laughs> and betting. Click it and clack. Click it and clack. They're running their dice game. That's an Espanola dice game. Two women fighting and uh, 10 vagrants standing around them. I'm surprised they came up with the word vagrants. Mm. 2.27 p.m. A Kaya that oil uh, caller reported 10 men are fighting in the middle of the road. What's with all these 10 numbers of 10 people fighting? How are 10 men fighting in the middle of the road? What does that even look like? 3.37 p.m. A Chimayo caller wants to speak with a deputy because his brother and nephew own guns. And he's afraid of what they could potentially do because they don't like each other. (laughs) (laughs) Ominous. Boy, can you imagine if the police departments had to field uh, stuff like that every day? (laughs) 6.02 6.02 p.m. A Del Quique caller reported finding his neighbor dead. Ooh. Wow. That's a tough one. Nothing after that. Dead, dead, dead. 11.40 p.m. A caller near Dandy Burgers. Dandy Burgers. 
Reported a man is throwing things at cars. What kind of things? I don't know. What kind of cars? I don't know. He's got things. He's throwing them at cars. 2.48 a.m. A Riviera mortuary caller said a man is drunk and waving a stick in a threatening manner. He's constantly coming to the area and stealing water. <laughs> 9.35 a.m. A Walmart caller reported a man is dancing at the front door and harassing customers. He sounds like the best greeter I've ever heard. That's pretty good. You got to get people into the mood, you know. To Interpretive buy dance, maybe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Miming. 9.48 a.m. A Taco Bell caller reported a man is naked and being indecent. The officer that responded said the man wasn't naked, <laughs> but he was. But apparently he wasn't decent. Fine line. <laughs> yeah. 10.43 a.m., a McDonald's caller said a shirtless man is acting all crazy, and he's going up to cars and harassing the customers. Uh, boy, stay away from fast food in Española, and everyone's drunk. 12.56 p.m., a La Tiendita Alcalde caller said a man fell in the restroom. He hit his face. He's bleeding from the head. There's foils and needles all around him, and he's foaming at the mouth. Come get him. Hurry. 3.56 p.m. A South Paseo de Oñate caller reported a person is at the base camp for a movie production and is flashing a gun. E, be on the lookout. Alec Baldwin's back, bro. <laughs> 11.46 p.m. A woman waved down a state police officer near Walmart to report she and someone else were shot with a gun, or maybe it's just a BB gun. <laughs> 6.06 a.m. On El Caballero Kino Drive caller said two men are pointing guns at her house. Police figured out the caller was on drugs and hallucinating. Drugs, <laughs> drunk, everything's a false police report. Things aren't really that bad in Espanola. A lot yes, of it's hallucinating. Is it really? Yeah, just people just on, on drugs. 8.10 a.m. A West Granada Street caller reported a man is walking around yelling profanities. Hey, he keeps yelling profanities over here. Come get him. And figured out... And, and walking up to people. <laughs> and finally, a Fairview Lane call reported a man is drunk and disrobing. There you go. All the news that's fit to print from the Rio Grande Sun-Times up in Española. And uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in for that little thing. Your top five is brought to you every morning at 4 a.m. We invade your inbox at rocketalk.chat. You doubt Musk and take it away. Yeah, and our new subscribers will uh, get these uh, links. And these were the ones that were picked today as our top five. Number one, Albuquerque Raw. AP shoots an arm maniac. Oh, we discussed that earlier. A number two, fascinating for our military people in the audience. Aircraft from Area 51 for the first time are taking part in the Air Force's red flag exercise. Kind of something new there, and uh, uh, we'll follow up on that. Number three, uh, Paul Krugman, the uh, Nobel-winning economist, said he didn't foresee the supply chain problems when you shut down the global economy. Uh, he has a Nobel, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, Paul Krugman, New York Times, Nobel winner. Uh, number four, Maggie Toulouse off, uh, Oliver goes to Congress virtually and whines about threats that are probably wildly overhyped. Uh, and number five, uh, big lobbying success. The most powerful lobbies right now in Washington. Who do you think they are? Oh, they're fighting for Ukraine to get more of your money. Yeah, uh, that's number five, folks, uh, of the top most clicked on uh, links. Rockoftalk.chat. Check it out yourself. And uh, D-Dod Muska has got two new subscribers. Please get everybody you possibly can to go ahead and uh, subscribe directly at rockoftalk.chat. That's rockoftalk.chat, uh, folks. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for all of our Saturday extravaganza. Back uh, 4 p.m. in studio, D-Dow, Demusco, and I. And no, I will definitely be in studio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Great week of broadcasting. Dowd, a tremendous job uh, there handling things. Come Eric, home, young uh, man. Come well. home. Yeah. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening uh, right here in the Diva.